0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 257, I got it right this week, of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, Joe. I figured out a way to keep my PlayStation online. It doesn't kick me off for being inactive. So while I'm sitting here recording this pod, my uh, GTA character is gaining money. So it's it's an awesome situation. I'm very happy.
0: So... Uh... You just have to have it on, and you just you don't have to like do anything else, like duct tape something down on a button so it's doing something.
1: No, so like there are certain businesses that just gain money in the background, and you have to be active online. But the way that the system works is you have to if you're inactive for 15 minutes, it kicks you off. But there is a certain thing I found out that if you do this one thing, as long as you keep your controller plugged in for power. Uh, the system stays online so the entire time i'm on this podcast i'm getting richer and richer joe i'm very happy
0: do you plan on sharing this information with your uh grand theft auto compatriot todd nope nope He, he he gets nothing nothing he's cut off he's cut off joe i'm not i'm mad at him why why are you mad at todd of all people who could be mad at todd
1: well, I mean, get, who isn't mad at Todd? Uh, because he drafted Kenny, by God, Pickett in the fantasy football draft. And uh, he did it out of spite. No matter what he tells anybody, he did it out of spite. Like, it's just a little silly bit. And that's I was trying to make a league that had no silly little bits. And then Todd goes and does it. And it makes me mad. So he's cut off. He's getting no Grand Theft Auto money.
0: So um, is Kenny Pickett on the Steelers? He is.
1: He's the Steelers uh, franchise quarterback, future Hall of Famer, and this is his breakout year.
0: But didn't you say, because I listened to the uh, Sporty, whatever it's called, the <laughs> draft talk. special. The draft special? Yes. It's over on the Patreon. You don't need to pay for this one, but you need to like have Patreon off, right? Yep. Um, you said you weren't going to draft any Steelers. Joe,
1: that was a lie. that was so that certain players people would not feel the need to like oh i'm just gonna grab this guy so adam doesn't you know he won't be here when i go around the next time but i had ever, i had a plan going into the draft obviously i knew i was picking first because i paid you the money to to select me first right and cleared by the way great good to hear it uh so i knew i was getting mahomes number one it's a two quarterback league so you got to go heavy on quarterbacks and i did a couple mock drafts and i actually got like most of the players that I planned for, but I had always planned on just grabbing Pickett as a backup, you know, right around the time that I was going to get him. But Todd was got him, and he's like, well, I need to take him because of bye weeks. And I looked into it. There was no reason for it on
0: other than Spite. So you purposefully kept me and Ed out of the draft yeah. because you were afraid that Ed and I would do silly little bits. And then I, on After Dark this week, say, well, I'm glad a- Adam only picked one person who's doing a silly little bit in the thing, which was Todd. And it turns out you're doing a silly little bit. Is now, this the silly little bit league? Shouldn't it have just doing... been you, Todd, me, and Ed? It wasn't a silly little bit.
1: It was a ruse, a cunning attempt to deceive. That's not uh, a silly little bit.
0: Well, Adam, I will say next time that you plan a bit a ruse, a deceit, ring a bell ahead of time so everyone knows that you're up to something? Well, if you let people
1: know you're up to something, that kind of defeats the purpose.
0: Well, my my bit that I'm doing with the AIW show, with JLIT coming up, like, I called my shot ahead of time. I said, as they announce everyone, I'm going to say this is my pick to win it, right? Yeah. And I did for every entrant, and then when the last entrant was announced, I said, hey... I'm probably going to do a thing where I say, as the match announcements are coming out, this is my pick for match of the night. Yeah. (laughs) And I think sometimes when you do a bit and you're not known for bits, if you say that you're doing a bit ahead of time and then you actually have to go through with the bit, then I think that makes the bit better. Yeah. Well, I mean, thankfully, I'm not known for bits. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like I said, next time, ring a bell, people. And so that's the thing. You ring the bell, nobody knows why Adam is ringing a bell, you do your silly little bit, and everyone's like, what the hell, Adam? And you're like, I rang a bell, I let you know I was doing something, you know? So that's plausible deniability there.
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll steal one next time I'm at a counter for service, you know?
0: Right, there you go. Just like a bell sound effect or something, you know?
1: I'd rather a physical bell I can hit and okay. tinker with on mic so that annoys you.
0: Maybe get a train whistle,
1: you know. Something.
0: All right, cool. (laughs) Little potato filter, but that's (laughs) it. Joke for one person, but that's okay. Um, Hey, um, what was I going to say? Maybe uh, you know what though? Maybe Todd'll uh, pick that up. Got that guy up to you, Kenny Pickett or whatever in the trade or something. You know.
1: Well, that was another one of his bits. He's like, I'm going to just have the team that I drafted. I'm not going to pick anybody up or drop anybody it's just gonna be this is the team i drafted so this is the team i'm gonna have all season which a is the second dumbest fantasy strategy behind picking a kicker in the sixth round and b (laughs) b it's a silly little bit and it's just like come on man take this league seriously it's big money
0: and again it could have been bigger money if you had me and ed in there but i'm just saying Mm. um but i listened as much as i could i know um Marcus is taking it very seriously. I know uh, Pat was taking it very seriously. And listen, I like to support the crew and everything else like that. But as you guys are going through the draft, and Pat's like, oh, 50th pick overall. And I'm like, 50th pick overall? I'm like, how much time is left in this podcast? And I looked, there was like an hour left. And I'm like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. Like, I already picked their goddamn football players, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, we basically, it was a two-hour, the draft itself is two hours long, and there was like maybe 15 minutes of BS at the beginning, so it's it's a slog, and even I don't know who anybody is past like the 12th round, you know?
0: Again, way way to sell it. It's a slog. Well, I mean, it's, it's,
1: yeah, all right, you got me there.
0: Hey, like, hey, everybody listen. It sucks.
1: No, I just meant, like, it's difficult, like, at the end, you know, because it's a lot of me, especially when it got to me. I was like, oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll just take this guy. I don't know who it is, but I'll take him. So I
0: could see if you're an NFL guy, if you're a fantasy guy, like, you would probably be riveted by something like this. But, like, after Patrick Mahomes, I think, like, out of the first, like, two rounds you guys did, there was – was, oh, so it was Patrick Mahomes – and shit, Aaron Rodgers were the only two names I recognized. Okay, so I don't even know <laughs> what Aaron... like. So think about that. Patrick Mahomes gets picked first. Aaron Rodgers got picked wherever, okay?
1: Yeah, probably like so, the seventh round or something like that. Okay, yeah.
0: so in between all of that, you guys were just saying names. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what the fuck that means, right? But I want to be supportive. Um, and just lastly, we'll get into our show here, but like Todd and I were going back and forth because we're recording previewing the past this week. Um... And it's like the biggest previews catalog that we've done to date. And they've all, we said that every week, but it's like, this one was the biggest one. It's like, oh shit, like now two months later, like this is the biggest one. And I actually went, before I sent out the tweet, I'm like, okay, how many pages is this one? When was the last biggest one? And when's the next biggest one after this? So when I say this is the biggest one, I could say, this is the biggest one. Make a note for myself. The next one is until January. But uh, even Todd was like, he's like, he's doing his research for it now before we record, uh, this weekend. And he's like, this is going to be like a four hour show. And, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, re- re- we'll, like release it in two parts or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll figure out something and I'm looking forward to it. And it's one of those things where, you know, and, and I sang on the main show, it's like, maybe you just don't have time to listen to a four hour podcast. And I know those people out there that don't, but You know, we have so much fun recording it. In my mind, I'm like, oh, you'll have as much fun listening to this as we're having fun recording this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it, and that's not me blowing smoke. Because, like, I obviously started reading comics back then, so I get the nostalgia bite with it. But just one – you know what? Since we were talking about football, Joe, and fantasy football, we might as well go ahead and throw one last plug in for the soon-to-be-named network Pick'Em League.
0: Oh, get it up front, like, not instead of at the end. Like, we don't want to do it during uh weekly purchase, the part that everyone skips. Yeah, Ed, God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it was a concerted effort to put it at the end of the show, just in case you're like, okay, I don't give a fuck about toys. I could end the show, you know? it's. Oh, sure, like, I yeah,
1: I'm not just yeah. busting balls there, but um, obviously, but, as far as the league goes, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, as of this, as we are speaking right now, there is a week left to sign up for it, right? Yep. And, you know, it's just a straight Pickums league. If you go to longboxheroes.com, it's the first post that's there. Um, You know, I'll have it as, like, the main front post for, like, even, like, a week afterwards, just so, like, people are remembering to do their picks or whatever. Um, now, I already did my picks, but my kid volunteered. He's like, oh, I'll do the picks again this year. Like, I used to have it when he was, like, a baby, you know? Okay. So I, I might have him, like, redo my picks. I don't know. Why but don't I got you week... just make another
1: one for him? And then you could, could compete against him.
0: I could do that. But I don't know if he would care. Like, he cared in the moment when sure. I was talking about it yesterday. When I bring it up to him, like, tomorrow, he's probably not going to care anymore. so Well, make a
1: login or whatever for him and just have it handy. And if it yeah. doesn't get used, it doesn't get used. Yeah. All right, Joe. Wrestling.
0: Wrestling—we got lots of wrestling talk to talk about, so let's get into it. And
2: now, Adults odds with wrestling, presents this day in wrestling
0: history. Cool. All right, so we are going to go backwards from uh, newest to oldest. I have a reason why. Okay. Um, I want to also say no paparazzi production this week either. It's like a three-week drought.
1: That's why TNA didn't catch on. They should have embraced that.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, However, on this day, wrestling history, four years ago, if you want to feel very old, uh, AEW held the pay-per-view All Out. And it, it featured such matches as... In the Cracker Barrel Clash match, Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc.
1: And uh, just let me—this wasn't the first All Out, or no? Okay, so that was all. Oh in. well,
0: no, no. So okay, so you had All In. Yeah, yeah, I get those. They, they did a pay per view before this. Double or Nothing was the first pay per view. That would have been like May. And then this is the first All Out in Chicago. Because gotcha. All In was Chicago the year prior. Now the year later, All Out is this, right? Yeah,
1: I'm just Because AEW kind of started like five years ago. I got it. All right, right. right.
0: Um, but, you know, Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janelle in a match on pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in real things, we had Pac versus Kenny Omega. All right. We had Riho versus Hikaru Shida. Right. We had Pentagon and Ray Phoenix versus the Young Bucks. Uh, You know, a lot of familiar names that are still there kicking around in, like, heavy spots, you know. Um, The Big Cody versus Sean Spears match. (laughs) Yeah, who could forget? Right, who could forget? Uh, The main event to crown the first ever AEW champion of Chris Jericho taking on Hangman Adam Page.
1: Probably still looking for that belt in that parking lot.
0: Right, and they brought that up on uh, TV this past week, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's just crazy to think that, like, you know, four years ago. That feels like forever ago.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's it's not that long ago for a new f- promotion. I'm just, like, looking at this card, as you mentioned many of the names. I'd say, like, 40% aren't on TV anymore. Like, maybe they're in Ring of Honor or maybe they're gone or whatever,
0: you know, um, or backstage. Okay. And again, you're going to make me do my gazintas, but, like... Um, six, seven, okay, six, seven, eight, uh, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 13, 14 of the people are still on air regular characters on a weekly basis. Okay, but are you counting Ring of Honor? No, I'm just counting straight up, I'm just, mainline AEW. Okay, I mean, but there's still a lot I was
1: trying to count, but I can't count in silence without taking my shoes off here. But, like, you know, Daniels isn't there anymore.
0: After right, Kazarian's not Kazarian,
1: there. Marco Stunt, Jimmy Havoc, uh, as you mentioned, Janella, Stu Grayson's on Ring of Honor, I guess, you know?
0: Yeah, and no, I wasn't counting that. Like, I wasn't yeah. counting any of the SoCal Uncensored guys. I wasn't even counting Pac. I wasn't counting Uno or Stu Grayson because they're not regularly on TV, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, but I, it's it's higher than you think. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think of the turnaround from all in a year prior to this to this show. It's crazy to think of May four years ago to August four years ago. The turnover on that show.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a lot of people disappearing, and well, like less than half of them are because of CM Punk.
0: Oh <laughs> well, we'll get in that too.
1: All
0: right. Um. So. Uh, also, on this day 25 years ago, under normal circumstances, we would have our head to head Nitro versus Raw. However, Raw is preempted this weekend next for the U.S. Open.
1: Oh, I would have guessed Dog Show.
0: No, Dog Show is February, U.S. Open is summer. Okay. So um, unopposed.
1: WCW un- probably had a great night of television.
0: Okay, so about. unopposed. They do the biggest number Nitro ever does. I think they do like a six point four overall, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll we'll get into what they do um on the show, right? So, um, of course we have the ongoing saga with Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Now I'm not going to play the full Hulk Hogan promo that started the show. Yeah, we just want Warrior. Well, again, you have to bear with us. Now, a lot of this is visual, but I think it it, it, it bears uh, playing here, right? Mm-hmm. You know something, boss? That's a great idea.
3: Everybody knows he's the biggest coward. That he's still running in his little moccasins away from Hollywood. And I'm sick of playing the games. I'm sick of waiting. The hell with war games. Get your butt out here right now, Warrior, and I'll take it for
4: you. He would He's called the Warrior up. Not, he shouldn't have done that. Be careful. You may get what you asked for, Hollywood.
0: Let's hope so.
5: The target is soaked enough for destruction.
0: I love the added the audio clip. And almost yeah. immediately. <laughs> Those he
1: patented appears. Warrior catchphrases.
4: Like can you dig it, sucker?
0: Another spectacular entrance! And another spectacular bullet on Nitro! Now the it, Warrior is here! At first, I was thinking like, oh, it could be like a fake or something. But no, it's really the warrior coming out, right? Yeah.
1: well with the slower tempo of music, so he doesn't have to blow up running out to the ring.
0: Yeah, like, the, the entrance is cool, like, look at the day glow and the jacket. Like, he looks cool. You're a little hot tracking now,
4: I would think, aren't they? Well, they wanted him, and now they got him! And you can hear them! The Warriors out there! The band to have joined this one Warrior Nation!
1: I wonder if I still have my membership card. Oh boy. Warrior!
0: Oh and he stole Kane's Pyro!
4: <laughs> he puts his
1: hands up lackadaisically at the He's end.
3: He's
0: like, I don't know what the what that- Fire Warrior
3: stands for the fear in your eyes! All the N.W.I.'s are here! All oh, the black and white is around the ring. Yeah! They are here to watch Hollywood
0: crucify you. Oh, wait a minute. The lights go out. The lights go out. Warriors literally in the ring for 30 <laughs> seconds. Let me, warriors! Let me talk to you, Warriors. <laughs> yeah.
4: What? Where is he? He's gone. The the Warrior has vanished! Where'd they all come from? Just as quickly as he appeared, he's disappeared! Incredibly memorable!
0: Okay, so during Warrior's entrance, the rest of the NWO black and white snuck down to the ring, and it's not even full forced. No Giant, no Stevie Ray uh no jericho of course because that angle's dead (laughs) and they were gonna they were gonna get warrior so warrior walks into a trap to just show off his magic abilities
1: yeah like uh, i don't know i'm just looking at who's in the ring there it's crush vincent perfect beefcake and who's that other guy next to perfect scott norton okay it's small i can't tell Looks like Tank Abbott.
0: <laughs> Where I wish it was Tank Abbott. So, again, this is this is how we start the show for Nitro this week. So the main event is uh, Hollywood versus Wolfpack Explode as Lex Luger and Sting of the NW Wolfpack take on Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Mr. Hitman, right? Okay. Now, let's go to the closing moments of this match because earlier during the match, Hogan started cheating and whipping uh, Sting with his weight belt. Brett, Hogan's partner, takes the weight belt off Hogan and walks out. Hogan follows him up the ramp, and they both get counted out. NWO wins the—NWO Wolfpack wins the match, right?
1: Yeah, and, like, Perfect wasn't really, like, a full-fledged NWO guy, right? Uh,
0: And, again, they're telling us that. Mr. Mr. Hitman is not a member of the NWO, but he is Hollywood's um, uh, uh, recru- top recruiter, is what they called him. Of course, okay, right. So let's get into the closing moments of this uh, Nitro.
3: Norton's in yeah, we play by NWO rules. You keep on, huh? your nose out of NWO rules. You abide by the rules, we are gonna die by the rules, oh guys. Oh,
4: oh, yeah. oh,
3: come on, we're now. Oh, wait a second. Come oh, back. One, 2 the track. Let me uh, tell you something. In the midst of the Turmoil. Uh-oh. The ring. Don't go anyplace. Don't leave that set. One Mississippi. The ring is Two filling
6: up. Three, four, there's Warriors.
3: And the
0: Warriors appeared again. From where? Wearing a different jacket. And like everybody's
1: laid out, but it was clear.
3: There's bodies everywhere. Every
0: member of the NWL black and white
3: is face down. Hogan's hiding. Smell the fear. Hogan! You can get up! We can smell your fear!
4: And you can see it!
1: Don't fail me now. Maybe it was knockout gas.
0: That's what I'm. And fans, we're out of time. See you Thursday night. So I guess the intention is that Warrior took everyone out, right? Yeah. But he doesn't have enough time to do it. Everyone just lays down. So like, okay, well maybe it's the effects of the gas. Okay, how come the gas doesn't knock Hogan out? How come the gas doesn't knock, like, all the fans are on ringside out,
1: you know? (laughs) It has a limited range of effect, you know? And
0: and again, I I imagine, even though, like, Warrior ends the promo the, the previous two weeks with, like, the same Warrior time, same Warrior station, like, I guess he's the Batman, the avenging hero against whatever, but uh, this is like very like joker level shit where warrior is like making the gas special so it only works on certain people and he's like <laughs> like doing all these experiments and stuff eh, whatever right
1: yeah I, I think if you have a hot dog tan a uh, hot dog tan, you're like immune to it. That's why Warrior and Hogan were fine that, that you
0: know what that makes a lot of sense yeah now. Also from this episode of Nitro, again, we got to get the the bookends of the show. The Hogan Warrior stuff, that's your big storyline. But we are heading into Fall Brawl. The teams are set. Um, Team WCW is, I think, uh, DDP, Piper, and Ultimate Warrior. Team NWO is Hogan, Mr. Hitman, and Stevie Ray. And Team Wolfpack is uh, Nash, Sting, and Luger. But yeah. Nash has some important words for us. He always and does. It, and and I, you need to watch this very closely, Adam.
1: If he's on my screen, I'll watch it.
0: And the
5: last thing, and I'm going to have to say this so you'll understand it because you don't talk like the rest of us. So, Warrior, there's an old story about an ancient warrior that walked alone. He fell asleep underneath a tree. And when he woke up, there were four wolves looking at him. Here. (laughs) One of the wolves seemed to look familiar. And when he reached out to pet the wolf, it took off his hand.
1: Intense gaze.
5: Mm -hmm. the other three joined into the feeding fury frenzy the only thing we've got to say is this if you're not red and black and you get in that cage it's quite simple if you don't run with the pack
0: you're hunted by it sexy so two reasons of course uh that is where the famous nash raising his eyebrow meme comes from yeah A very famous gif. And Nash is a gif machine, right?
1: Oh, 100%. When you look like that, people want to see your your face on their phone forever.
0: And listen, Adam, how dare you critique Kevin Nash for fucking up that part where you're supposed to say uh, feeding frenzy and feeding fury. Imagine trying to recite all of those words on TV high as fuck.
1: (laughs) You know what? You are right. Uh, I feel bad. He was, you know, maybe it is feeding fury. I was probably wrong. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, now, listen, I, I defer to Kevin Nash when it comes to these sort of things, right? This is true, that's where I learned about looking at the adjective. Right! He's speaking at a different level than we all are, right? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Uh, but lastly, and this you know is going to dovetail into what we're doing, of course, so on this day, Adam, 40 years ago, and again, I know we don't talk about wrestling that happened 30 years ago, let alone 40 years ago, but 40 years ago today, Is the day of the infamous, a world famous Terry Funk forever promo?
1: All right, I'll I'll acknowledge that this happened.
0: Right, so again, obviously, you know, it's it happens on this day in wrestling history, and we're going to do what we can every week to bring some sort of Terry Funk to you, the listeners. I know uh, we need wrestling, have something planned, but I, I do want to play this. I'm not going to just play the forever part. I did try to find the longest clip of the promo that I could, and this is the best I could do. It's only about a minute, but bear with.
3: Japan, number one!
4: Listen
0: <laughs> baba out there, of course. I work hard. I, I wanted to have the best if we're gonna acknowledge Terry, but again, it's always so interesting that like, you know, everyone knows the forever, but there's the part in the beginning there where it's, it's Japan is forever, you know, and that's yeah. And this is his Japanese retirement, which we, he would kind of hold for maybe about 10 years before he comes back to the States. And, you know, he's in WWE not less than two years after this. Um, but yeah, t- like I, I'm still and I, I want to say this, you know, of course, um, you know, we still do the Terry Tuesday stuff um, on social media. Um, and this past Terry Tuesday, like, it was an outpouring. It was more people involved, more people interacting with this stuff than ever before. And, uh, like, I would love to keep that sort of engagement. And listen, I'm not a guy who looks at my social media numbers, but I am a guy who wants people to remember Terry Funk. And, mm-hmm. you know, if this, this is my dumb way of doing it, like playing a clip on the show and tweeting out a picture every Tuesday. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it as long as I got the ability to do it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah.
1: No, hell yeah. I haven't been on on Twix very much lately, but I got to go in and check out a Terry Tuesday one of these days. (sighs) Is calling it Twix
0: worse than calling it X? I'm not sure. I I like it. Okay.
1: One of the few good things Mr. Tim has done in a long time. Mm -hmm. Listen,
0: his his mama called it Twitter. I'm going to (laughs) call it Twix, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, hey, uh, let's get into what we watched or what we want to talk about from this last week of uh, professional wrestling. How about that? All right. I'll start things off this time? This time, yes. And next week, I'll go first.
1: All right. Um, you know what? I don't have one specific thing I want to like go in depth about, but I do want to talk a little bit about All In. And obviously, you and I uh, both went to Soon to Be The Network North and hung out with Brett and DJ. And the aforementioned Mr. Tim and Michelle briefly. And uh, we watched it and had a good time. But like, I, as far as my highlights from it, the things I wanted to talk about, just a couple quick bullet points. I uh, really liked the House of Black and the White Gear. I am looking forward to getting those figures in about three years. And uh, I, I liked you know Buddy Murphy coming out with the lantern for Bray. I thought that was cool. Um seek and destroy as the oh. intro music for sting and Darby and having like 80,000 people sing along to that. Like that, that was the reaction that Jericho hoped he was going to get for Judas in my mind. Uh, the stadium stampede bloodbath with Mox with the skewers in his head and OC taping his fist and then dipping him in glass. And I'll just say lastly, and obviously you, I'm sure you have some takes on some of this, but, uh, the main event that I was very invested in going into they had uh, a, a fake-out that I hated for the finish. Uh, I think all of us in the room were like, oh, they're going to never be able to book an arena bigger than you know, 30000 if they go home with this. But uh, they ended up restarting the match, and I liked the little bit where Cole was very bitter towards MJF about losing, and MJF was calling him out on it. But uh, overall, I thought it was a very good show. Skip the women's match. Skip a couple <laughs> other things here and there. But... Uh, I I like the pay-per-view.
0: So, um, again, you know, we've talked about this. I'm not an Adam Cole guy. I'm not an MJF guy. I thought the match was very good for what it was on the big stage and everything like that. I am glad that it wasn't the end of the storyline like I thought it would be. I don't even think this weekend is going to be the end of the storyline. Like, on the pre-show when they won the Ring of Honor tag titles, we're all like, what? Now what the fuck's going to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm much more inter- interested in a, um, a storyline that keeps you guessing, you know, as long as it's done logically. Like, if I could see the path and you we take some twists and turns to get there, that's cool. But don't just, like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Like, okay, so you know what the worst thing that could happen in all of this is MJF turns on Adam Cole and Roddy Taven... And uh, Mike Bennett are the new pinnacle. Oh, right. So again, <laughs> nobody would see yeah. that coming because it wouldn't make any fucking sense. It would be stupid. So that's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. So yeah. I'm just putting that out in the the ether so that it hopefully doesn't happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, I
1: got to light some sage or something to get that idea out of the.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I can I talk about um. So it's a wrestling pet peeve of mine. Okay. And it really came to a head on the pay-per-view this past week. And um, I'm sick and tired of it. And the fact that it was on such a big stage, I think, shone such a big light on it. And I I have to walk you through it, okay? So it's during the tag title match of the Bucks and the FTR, right? And I thought the match was really good. I thought the match over-delivered. I had, like, very little faith going into the match just for, you know, I don't like the Bucks. And, you know, whatever's going on in Cash's life, you know? So there's a bit in the match where they're trading finishers. And they're hitting each other's finishers on each other and whatever it is. And and Cash just got hit with something. And Dax is there to check on him, right? Yep. And the Bucks are coming back into the ring. And Dax gets up. And the way the camera is shot, you could see the Bucks behind him. And Dax is just standing there. And he's acting. And he's selling Oh, no, I know they're behind me. What do I do? Do I turn around and they hit me? Well, I guess I have no choice. And he turns around and goes right into them doing the big rig, right? Yeah. So it kind of started with a lot of the MJF, Adam Cole stuff, where it's like, oh, I know you're going to do it. Here's the belt. I'm going to turn my back, and I'm going to wait for you to hit me, okay?
1: Doesn't he know if you don't turn around, you're invulnerable to that attack?
0: Or you're literally right next to the ropes. Get the fuck out of the ring. Pull your guy out of the ring. Yeah. Like, it points out to you what a stupid motherfucker you are. And (laughs) so many people do it, and I I don't want to blame the Adam Cole MJF stuff, but they do it, like, every third week of the storyline, and for. FTR who claimed to be like, ah, we're these old school tag team wrestlers, you know? And mm-hmm. they do dumb shit like that. And oh my god, I hated it so much. Like it like any bit of enjoyment I was getting out of that match, it was gone until the Bucks lost, and then I was very <laughs> happy again.
1: I think I missed that spot. I might have been ripping the oh heater, but god. I know what you're talking about. Like obviously you don't have to just you don't have to do anything other than use your imagination. Right. But any other thoughts from the pay-per-view?
0: Yes! Uh, I thought Stadium Stampede was good. It was a very tough match to shoot, um, especially with 10 people in it all over. They tried to split-screen the stuff. But the fact that it's a continuation of the Eddie stuff... It's a with Claudio, it's a way to get Santana Ortiz, uh or I'm sorry, Mike Santana and Ortiz back on TV. Can we Hopefully call that like means...
1: Bob Ortiz or something like that, so there's balance. No. Come on. Mike Santana and Bob Ortiz.
0: No. <laughs> I gotta think I, I gotta think of something else like more white, you know? Like <laughs> Mitch Ortiz or something. <laughs> Mitch Ortiz, all right. Yeah. Because Mike Santana just doesn't sound right. But anyway um but we get like a big moment for the best friends and you know we talked a little bit before um chuck and trent were on uh you know the first pay-per-views and everything they were factored in to be a big piece pandemic happens they were kind of like the mvps of things they got like a token title shot against the bucks once everything kind of came back and then they were kind of like forgotten about for a while and they'd pop in and then be forgotten about and you know whatever but they get their big moment, but obviously the star of the show, the star of that match, is O.C. Orange Cassidy. We are Orange Cassidy fans forever. We're long died in the wool. I got no problem saying I consider O.C. a friend of mine. I've known O.C. now coming up almost on 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so to see him do that moment, and he gets the tape, and he puts the sticky side out, and he smashed the bottle, and, like, I just start freaking the fuck out. And I'm like, I couldn't think of the words. I'm like, I go, he's going to he's do the glass Superman punch. And, like, oh, he's doing the Taipei dead thing. I'm like, that's the words I was thinking of. And then, like, they do the tease of it, and then they tease it, and then he fucking hits it. Oh, it was such a great moment. And then at the presser they set up, um, you know, for TV this week that he's going to have the match with uh, Penta. And then, you know, we'll get into everything else from there. But for all for all in an incredible moment to see OC in front of 80,000 people, like when this show was announced, the two things that I wanted to happen and listen, fuck Kenny Omega, fuck Mm. Will Ospreay, fuck all these people. Right. I wanted to see. Orange Cassidy come out to his theme song and get a huge ovation from 80,000 people and I wanted to see Eddie Kingston come out to his theme song and get an ovation from 80,000 people and Double J which he did get on the pre-pre-show but that was only things, like maybe 50,000 at that. Right, time. it was like 50 Yeah, like 57 I was counting heads. That's why I missed it. Uh, <laughs> but that's the two things I wanted and that's the two things I got out of All In.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that that is awesome, especially, you know, your situation where you these are people you've known forever, and you saw them perform in such small venues yeah. and whatever, and to see them in this situation, it's it's got to be, uh, like, humbling, and you got to be proud. I think that's really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think more on OC versus Penta later out of my end, but—
0: Yeah, me too,
1: but go ahead. All right. Well, I mean, that's all the other thing I was going to talk about. Do you have anything non-EW to talk about?
0: Yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. So, All right. Uh, let, you know, let me talk to you. Well, <laughs> let me talk to you. You said it. Hang on. I wasn't prepared. You <laughs> threw it to me. So where the hell is it? All right. So last week's show, obviously, in light of everything that happened, um, you know, the passing of Terry Funk on Wednesday, the passing of Wyndham Rotundo on Thursday as we recorded. You know, we were sitting here speculating what they were gonna do um for SmackDown, you know? Mm. Um, and they they did like a half and half. And, you know, we were talking to people, whether it be in person and the Discord or whatever, of like, is it weird? Is this um is this tribute show weird? Um, And, you know, we were even talking when we were up at soon-to-be-named Network North about it. Um, It's just that we were thinking, like, when was the last time an active roster member passed away while they were an active roster member? And I think we had talked, and the last one was Benoit. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Brody obviously was in AEW at the time, you know? And, And Mr. Tim pointed out even the Benoit one they sent everyone home. They did like the Vince promo in the empty arena and they showed like a whole bunch of like old Benoit matches with like the talking head stuff. So even to go further back, the last time that they did a tribute show was when Eddie Guerrero passed away, which was November of 2005. So WWE has changed a lot in the last five years, let alone WWE has changed a lot last uh, in the last 18 years. So I don't want to say that they don't know how to do these shows anymore, which is good that they don't have to do these sort of shows anymore, where there's people on the active roster that are dying.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing to forget how to do, how to get out of yeah.
0: practice on. <laughs> but I think they walked the line. They did a balance. You know, they did a lot of tribute stuff on a lot of their online things. There's like a 40-minute video where they sit down and they talk to a bunch of different people who tell stories. Um, You know, I know Becky Lynch did a little tribute like after Raw as well, which is a really great story. If you didn't see that, check that out. Um, but the highlight of the show for SmackDown for me, and listen, we're, 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 separating things and we're walking a very fine line, um, is that they have Cody do the promo eulogizing Terry Funk and whatever your opinion of Cody is, whatever my opinion is, Cody is, I thought Cody did a great job, all things considered that story that he told about being 11 years old in the airport with his dad. And then just all of a sudden across from the airport, you just hear a voice, calling his dad an egg-sucking dog. (laughs) The first thing Cody's ever said on TV that I believe. Right. (laughs) Um, I thought that was a fun story, and then L.A. Knight gets to be the one to eulogize Bray. And obviously, it's a weird position to be in, because L.A. Knight is not a guy that puts his public stuff out there. You know, there's a lot of guys in WWE, like, you know, like we were talking about it the other day, like, the Miz is who the Miz is, but then you get his social media. It's like, oh, me and the wife are going to see Metallica tonight, or we're going to go see this, or we're going to go do that. You don't get a lot of that from LA Knight, you know? Mm-hmm. And you did not really get a lot of that from, like, a Bray Wyatt or whomever. There are guys that are active on social media, but you don't know what they're really like. You don't see them palling around in the big group with all the other guys while they're all active on the roster. Like, the closest they came was, like, mid, like, NXT run, uh, L.A. Knight was on Sheamus's workout YouTube channel. <laughs>
1: How many times did you watch that video?
0: Only twice. <laughs> um, a lot of tips. I'm like, oh, that's what I've been doing wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just that, that one Just,
0: thing. Well, it was like, it was a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but L.A. Knight went out there and and you know he he had Bray's last televised match, but those two guys were married for almost the entirety of Bray's return run. From the time that he came back, late October, November, up until the last match, house show match that he did, which was the last week of February, they were married. They were together. They were on the road. They were working each other on TV, doing promos, doing segments. They were doing matches at house shows. Between Royal Rumble and Bray's last match, I think they did the house show match, as like either as a house show or as a dark match, like nine times. Something crazy like that.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: So, like la knight can't come out there and break character but i think he did a really good job you know based on the circumstances getting over what all of that meant to get him to this level to pay tribute to bray and still get over the the program the storyline and everything else and, and on wb's part for for them to make that decision to let L.A. Knight be the guy to go out there and deliver that speech makes me think that maybe these two guys over this time were a lot closer than we maybe let. There was like at least two times during that promo where it really looked like L.A. Knight was going to break. But again, you're performing, and listen, we want to see that real emotion, but I think he, he did as good as a job as he could. He prayed tribute to Bray, and I feel like I'm repeating myself, but go out of your way to see the LA Night thing. You know, obviously if a week ago that stuff with Bray passing was too, too real, too raw, too, too new for you, you know, a week removed. I, th- I think LA Night did a really good job and listen, I'm, I'm LA Night. Uh, I'm drinking the LA night quill, but you know, I'm not drinking the, the nightmare narcotic. And I say that Cody did a real good job with it as well. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I did watch both the tribute shows cause they did a lot of the same stuff on raw, you know, a couple days later. Um, I I do agree both of them did a good job and I get what you're saying about LA Knight being a guy who protects kayfabe and you know doesn't show any of the behind the scenes stuff I could have still done without him saying stuff like uh, you know me and him never didn't always see eye to eye but dot 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 you know like that's just hey we wrestled each other we were bitter opponents and I think that's not necessary when you're doing what you're doing there but I get it you know that's the way he is. Um, and I'll say that like I watched, I didn't watch any of the wrestling on either of the shows cause I don't watch WWE anymore, but like I watched the tribute videos and like the 10 bell salute and, and obviously the Cody and the LA night thing. Um, and then I checked out the LA night main events of, yep. I think it was SmackDown it
7: was. and
1: as his music is playing and then it does the thing where like the lights are going out and the music's breaking up and it's the, the, the the fiend theme music or not theme music but the way they introduced them in the thunderdome yeah uh that was the first time where i was like almost gonna like break down from like somebody dying over the last couple weeks or over the last week where it's like it hit me because like just that sound for whatever reason was so closely connected with bray like more so now than like the the uh the the firefly like fiend one or the the Wyatt family, or whatever, but just yeah. for whatever reason, the lights going out in sections and the the sounds of like the breakers going off. I was like, oh man! I was like, what a good way to end. But I wish they hadn't done it because that hit me hard.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen, it's it's it we care a lot about wrestling. This is one of the you know obviously when it comes to sports or entertainment or whatever it is, you know, to get um an emotional reaction, a real reaction from you, whether it be cheering or booing or anger, or happiness, or sadness in this. You know, obviously, uh, around a death, and treating it respectfully, I would I would certainly hope. Um, you know, I, I think, like, for wrestling to still garner that emotion out of people, you know, like, it it, it makes me feel, like, happy to still be a wrestling fan, you know? Yeah. Some, however long I've been a wrestling fan, you know, almost my whole life.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, terrible circumstances to see it, but it was nice to see, like, Eric Rowan Eric Redbeard was at uh, at least the SmackDown show there. So I don't know what the situation was, but I feel for him, you know, obviously,
0: you know, and obviously, and, you know, we can get into it with uh, when we get to Dynamite, but I still got one more WWE thing to talk about before we get there is, you know, obviously this happens on short notice. There was a lot of people that you would have liked to have been there, but couldn't been there whether it be short notice travel issues or the pending storm that's going on in Florida that hampered a lot of people's travels from getting there. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of people in AEW that were able to fly in to Florida from the UK, but were not able to fly out of Florida to make it for uh, dynamite this past week, which is why dynamite was such like a weirdly booked show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to dynamite, do you have anything else? Cause I think we're going to talk a little bit about that for a while, you know?
1: No, all I want to do is talk about Dynamite, one specific thing.
0: Uh, all right, so it was on my list of things to talk about from last week, but obviously it got bumped for, you know, very good reasons, I would say. Um, and that would be the build that they have been doing on TV um, with Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know if you've seen either one of these promos. No, like I said, I've completely checked out a WWE. Okay, do yourself a favor. I'm not going to give them away but just in the last two weeks with these two pre-tape promos, they have done so much to rehab Nakamura to make him feel like a viable threat and an evil motherfucker. Okay. Um, and it's just really amazing stuff that they've done. Now, I, I will say, I don't think Shinsuke's of the belt this weekend. And I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, they need to pull the trigger and have him win the belt this weekend. And I disagree, but you better have a really good fucking plan in place for him afterwards with these video packages the last two weeks, and you then just be like, ah, he's just going to go back to just a guy? Then, I don't know, man. Like, I think it would be cool as fuck if he beat Seth for the belt this weekend. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, you bring up exactly what I was thinking, like... I don't really care if WWE gives me good promos, building somebody up. If they're just the contender of the month to like, whether it be Roman or Seth or whatever, because it's like, there's just always this rotating door a revolving door of just here's the next threat. You yeah. know, and I guess that's wrestling, but you know, just not if none of them ever win, what's the point? So if yes, you're telling me to go check those promos out and I probably won't. But if, nakamura doesn't win this weekend then i'm just gonna be like well i'm glad i didn't waste my time on those promos because like you said he'll just move him down the card again
0: well i'll tell you like and again uh, let me look at the pay-per-view schedule i don't know is there i think there's a saudi blood oil money show oh no we got so we have uh payback this weekend which we'll get to we have fast lane again everyone's favorite Mm -hmm. we have a saudi blood oil money show and we have survivor series right yeah. So I think there's a way that they could have Nakamura lose and still make and do a rematch at the next pay-per-view and keep him, like, strong brother.
1: But again, if he gets the rematch and loses that too, that's mm, the point. But,
0: okay, I, I, do you want me to send my whole booking packet to you? I already sent one to Tony this week. I sent multiple to Tony this week. I have one that I sent to Paul. Another one that involves Ed in a catgirl outfit inducting Fill into the WWE (laughs) Hall of Fame this year (laughs) It's neither (laughs) here nor there Um, But yeah so and again So what you do is you have Nakamura uh, Win the match um, By count out By something because Seth can't Answer the bell he's too Physically beaten right Mm -hmm. And you do a thing where like Nakamura like maybe intentionally Let Seth get counted out And like Seth is so Injured that like medics or officials or whatever need to come and bring him out, bring him to the back. Like he can't leave under his own power. And they're like, well, Nakamura, why did you do this? And he's like, well, I did this because I wanted to show Seth that I could beat him up this bad as much as I want and still not take the title from him. And I will continue to do this because I won the match. I I deserve a rematch. So I want another match with Seth. And I'm going to do what I did to you last time. But I'm going to do it just a little bit more. But I'm still not going to beat you for the title. And I'm just going to keep doing this and doing this and doing this to you until you can no longer become a wrestler. So now you've lit the fire under Seth. Maybe he stops doing the goofy shit. We get a stipulation match or whatever it is. Nakamura does whatever it is that he did in the previous match. Seth gets back to his feet. Nakamura's incredulous, hits the big move. Seth kicks out. Nakamura's like, all right, all right, I got it. I got to turn it up a little bit. But now Seth gets him maybe even on a fluke pin. And now Mm -hmm. Nakamura's incensed. You motherfucker. Now he beats the shit out of Seth even more. Seth gets structured out. Now we can't do it at Survivor Series. Maybe we do a third match at the Saudi Blood Oil Money Show. But if you start establishing Nakamura as a killer who made a mistake that he had Seth beat in that first match, but he wanted to punish him that much more. He didn't take the title. Now it fucked him on the second match. Now in the third match, Seth knows all his tricks, blah, 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 blah. And then that's where you get. But again, you still have to, like, doesn't matter if you do one match or two matches or three matches on pay-per-views. You need to have that plan afterwards. It's like, this is great. This is a great little storyline. What's next? What's next for this character that you just spent all this TV time building up to do something with? And yeah. now you're just going to shuffle them back down the card. You can't shuffle them back down the card. I, and again, I got lots of ideas, but let's get through the three-match series first. How about that?
1: Yeah, I was just thinking, like, if you want to really sell uh, Nakamura as somebody that's instantly a main eventer, because you, you're telling me that he's cutting great promos and you're believing that he's a killer. Yeah. Just just basically do when you had in the the empty arena in Jacksonville when you had Brody versus Cody. And it was just a mauling, and Brody basically jobs out Cody. You know, it, it's not like Cody all of a sudden was like a joke. You know, people weren't like, oh, well, he's not good because he just lost to Brody Lee in two minutes. Like, if you have Seth Rollins basically be Rocky in Rocky 3, you know, I was just caught by Clubber Lang, a guy just was not. You know, I did not train right for this guy. I was not prepared for the new Nakamura. And then, you know, then you can win it back, whatever. I don't know.
0: Maybe well, I like try. your idea, too. I think both have legs. Yeah. Well, we're getting good at this. All right. It's taken 250-some-odd episodes, but you're starting to get a mind for this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. My other thing is the main event from Dynamite. And I'm sure this I knew writing this down, I was like, oh, this is a free square because we're both going to talk about it. But you had OC versus Penta and the winner goes on to uh, lose to John Moxley at All Out. And uh, but basically I just was like, all right, I'm going to watch this match. And I'm like, it's going to be a good match because it. It's an Orange Cassidy match, you know. I love all of his matches, and Penta's really good too. Uh, There was a couple really sick moves in this. There was a point where OC went to do the dive to the outside, and Penta caught him like in a press slam, and then launched him into a barrier. I was like, "Holy shit, that was sick!" And if that was the sickest move in the match, I would have been happy. But there was a point where. Penta did the fear factor. It's kind of like a package pile driver on OC on the apron. And I audibly like gasped, like I screamed because I thought he killed OC. And then he did the same exact thing in the ring and it looked just as stiff. And uh, so, I mean, Orange Cassidy's taking a goddamn beating, not only in this match, but in all the matches that the most, probably the last 10, 15 defenses because we've talked about many times that like the wear and tear is building up and it's getting worse and it's getting worse and it's getting worse to the point where even his like slow hands-in-pocket sloth style, even that looks more worn down and slow than it used to, uh, which is impressive. Uh, and then ends up, he, he gets the win, which I thought he was going to, Orange Cassidy, I mean. And afterwards, and this is the thing you're going to want to talk about, I was like, holy shit, I was not expecting that. And I think you have it queued up.
0: Well, before we get to it queued up, right? So, end of the, like, Penta is an underrated strong motherfucker, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, So that's number one. Number two, they're on the apron and they're battling, battling, battling for the package pile driver beach break thing, right? And I'm like, oh, see, I'll just give them the beach break on the thing, right? And then Penta gives them the package pile driver on there. And I'm like, oh, shit. They're going to take the belt off O.C. here. And then he rolls him into the ring and he kicks out. And then, okay, okay, O.C.'s going to make the big comeback. And then, no, Penta hits him with something else and another package piledriver in the ring. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, time slowed down for me. And I'm like, they're going to beat O.C. here. And then he kicked out. And I was jumping out of my chair. I couldn't believe it, right? Yeah they had me man like it did not matter who this match was announced with you know we talked weeks ago that we're getting oc versus moxley at some point down the road we thought it was going to be at all in it ends up that it's going to be at all out right and then i'm looking at the time the match is over oc is laid out but there's still two minutes left on the show and i'm like what the hell are they going to do like are they going to do a run-in are they going to do like some sort of like big crazy angle but no Instead, Adam, they did this.
4: I am so tired. My body hurts. And every single time I have a title defense, the backpack gets a little heavier. But you know what? I'm here. I'm wrestling. I'm defending the international championship. Because this means everything to me. This is what AEW is. It's about putting a person that was told you'll never do anything. You're too skinny. You're too short. You're just a little too different. I'm the champion. And I will continue. To defend my championship for as long as I want, and there is nothing anyone can do to take it from me. John Moxley, you better bring more than just a fork, because I will always be the international champion. Because I'm freshly squeezed orange Cassidy, and I do not have a catchphrase. <laughs> oh. <laughs> first of all
1: fuck the people that are booing them like the there's a subtle boo in the background i'm sorry there wasn't enough fill on the fucking show you know
0: all right so if i wasn't all ready to go to the ends of this earth for this motherfucker right yeah he goes out there and not only cuts a go-home promo for the pay-per-view he cuts a money guy who does not cut promos ever cuts this unbelievable goddamn promo to sell this goddamn pay-per-view that people are shitting on for every reason under the sun. And Adam, you started out your discussion of this. The winner of this match gets to go to the pay-per-view to lose to John Moxley. After that promo? After after that that promo, promo, you still think
2: that?
1: No. Like I was that was gonna be my next point is that like obviously if you like Brett and DJ talk about this all the time. We've mentioned it before that Moxley is the only person uh, on that roster like a Moxley, a Danielson, like uh, you're not going to have Omega, but like that level of star is the only person that like you and I and, and fans of Orange Cassidy would accept beating the reign of orange Cassidy and be like, all right, you know, that's fine. You know, let, let him go away for a month, get rested up, take a vacation with the family, whatever, come back to the huge pop. It's all a foregone conclusion. But that promo, I said to myself, wait a minute. What if he fucking beats John Moxley? Like you have right now, he's a superstar, but like if he beats Moxley, he's a goddamn made man. And I could see it happening after that promo. All
0: right. I want to read this to you, Adam. This was sent to me by a friend of ours who is in a Facebook group. Not the Facebook group that you're thinking of, but another one. And discussing this very match and this very promo, somebody sent to them this. Now, I'm going to read it in this voice, and I don't think this is the person's voice, but... Cassidy's the drizzling shits, and you only pretend to like him for some obscure sense of, Oh, I get it. You just don't. There's nothing to get. He's another scrawny, overpushed cosplayer. Changes jeans to shorts, and you have an anemic, super cosplayer. Now, Ugh. I, I cannot begin person. to tell you how wrong this person is about every single thing that they said there. I get if that was your opinion five years ago, four years ago, but I can't imagine you watching the last four years of Orange Cassidy's body of work, hell, just watching his reign as the uh, international champion and coming up and saying that that's what this character is, maybe you don't understand wrestling. Maybe you are wrong because this is not a cosplay thing. This is not a super Cena thing. This is a character who was an underdog, who was overlooked, who was cast aside just like he said in this promo. And he just went out there and just beat everyone they put in front of him. He's more Roman Reigns than Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns right now.
1: Yeah, because he's doing it through his own merit as opposed to like figuring it out. And it's wrestling, but like he's not exploiting loopholes and ringside interference and all that stuff. He's legitimately on a God run. You know? Right.
0: And if by this point, You don't get Orange Cassidy. There's nothing to get. He's maybe the best professional wrestler around.
1: And the people who posted that thing that you read, like the people that have that mindset, you can't. I get it's very frustrating. Like as you're reading that, I'm like, I want to find this person and fight them.
0: I'll give you their Uh, name when we're done.
1: Yeah. But like the idea of getting upset about it, it, you shouldn't because nothing would ever change their mind because their mind is made up these are the same people that get their news from facebook and you know uh do their own research and think that there's a sex trafficking ring under a pizza parlor like there's no you can't bring logic into you can't be like here watch this match watch this promo see what he did there it doesn't matter because they're just with their hands in their ear over their ears going la 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 so there's no sense arguing with them. It's best to just block those people. And if somebody sends like wants to send you a screenshot of like, look at this shitty thing that somebody said about OC, just be like, no, thank you, I don't want to see it because it's bullshit and it's just gonna get me fired up for no reason. Because those people are stupid. Those people shouldn't be allowed to make informed public decisions, but they are. So it's best to ignore them.
0: So somebody didn't send that to me to try to rile me up. It's somebody, no, I, I didn't say yeah. that, but I'm just saying like it's.
1: You, it shouldn't be like, don't give a, a platform to those types of right. people. If you see something like that, be like, all right, let me just mute you so I never have to see your next opinion. So, as opposed to being like, oh, can you believe this shit? Let me send it to somebody else, you know? Right. So here's what I'm
0: going to say. I want to ask this person who his current favorite wrestler is. And I would be willing to bet you a, mil- it, a million dollars that his favorite wrestler currently is Roman Reigns. Right? Right. And I would say, what's your favorite thing about wrestling? A move, a moment, a promo, a something. And no matter what that person told me, I guarantee you I could find a clip of Orange Cassidy doing it to perfection and nailing it, right? He is someone, as I mentioned before, he has been wrestling now for almost 20 years and he has scraped and clawed to get to the point that he has. He was not given this position, this role, because he knew someone or was friends with someone or whatever ideas that you have in your head are. And if you say in 2023 things like he's scrawny or things like cosplay wrestler or any of those things, you're telling me that you value the opinion of a 70-year-old cock? in kentucky more than you value your own ability to form an opinion that being said in 2023 if you look at orange cassidy and you parrot any of those things whether you're doing it willingly or not of a jim Cornette, then fuck you I'm not saying that you can't watch wrestling. I'm just saying you and I are going to have a difference of opinion, and this is a big difference of opinion, the fact that you are so high and mighty above what modern-day wrestling is, and in your mind, you're going to try to convince me that Roman Reigns is like an old-school champion, like a Harley Race or something like that, and you couldn't be more wrong. Orange Cassidy is more like a Jack Briscoe or uh. Uh, Even like an Arn Anderson television champion, if you want to go even more as modern as we possibly can, then you will ever care to admit. And that eats you up inside, and it's killing you slowly. As someone who lives by the adage, I'm going to drink this poison and hope my enemies die, you're literally doing it over the thing that you love or claim to love, professional wrestling.
1: Yeah. And I I just want to make this point. Like, obviously, when AEW was formed, you know, a lot of the indies were were kind of like emptied out in Ring of Honor, obviously, New Japan. Like, but for the most part, when AEW formed, it's like, hey, here's all the top guys on the indies, the elite, all their buddies, whatever. And then what was left on the indies Orange Cassidy, at least in my understanding, was, I'll just say conservatively, one of the three biggest stars on the indies prior to him signing with AEW. And when he signed, he was at best a sidekick. He was basically what Danhausen is now. You know, a comedy guy, a background guy. Maybe we'll give him a, a spot in a tag match and, you know, maybe we'll sell some merch, whatever. But he was just a guy. And I remember, I'll speak for myself, it was very frustrating as an Orange Cassidy fan. I was like, why isn't he being used? Why is he just walking out the best friends and just doesn't get to do anything? So at no point did he ever give off the allure of knowing somebody backstage or or being gifted a role. Like everything that he's accomplished over the last couple of years has been an organic growth, starting from practically the bottom of AEW television and now being their top guy, like their biggest baby face in the company. So to to think that it was just handed to him, oh, he's buddy buddy with somebody backstage, like then you weren't paying attention to the last five years, four and a half years of just a slow and steady walk up up a hill and now he's at the top of the hill
0: so i'm just gonna close out with this um there's a person who currently works for WWE in their developmental who regularly goes and does creative seminars at other independents and there's people who i do not respect as independent promoters and there's people that i respect very highly as independent trainers that curry this man and look to him as he's the end-all be-all of knowledge of professional wrestling. He is someone who has been creatively bankrupt since 2008 and has not booked an independent promotion in 10 years and has not booked a successful independent promotion in 11 years. And all that being said, when this guy looked at Orange Cassidy, he said... No, we don't need him. He's no good. I'll take Chuck. I'll take Drew Gulak. If he wants to wear the Swamp Monster costume, he can. Maybe we could replace him in the group with Man Scout Jake Manning. But I don't see it. I don't get this guy. So that's your creative visionary that you're giving hundreds of dollars to. So in 2023, he could tell you who the next Austin Theory is. He's the one who handpicked the current Austin theory. You want his advice on the next one? I wouldn't listen to him. Make up your own mind. Make up your own decisions. Don't be influenced by other people, including me.
1: But you could be influenced by me.
0: I'm you sorry. want to be influenced by Adam, then you're going to have a lot of grease. But other than that...
1: Yeah. All all right, do you that's have any- enough. I,
0: I yeah. didn't expect... I should have played the goddamn all-heat-no-heaters sort of thing there, but... No, it's all good. Do you have anything else
1: from this past week? Um, no, that's it. Hey, Joe. Did Adam, you know that there are two pay-per-views this weekend?
0: I did know this, Adam. Oh, wow. It's Sammy
2: Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Colby King standing doing his thing. Ruby or... Soho. on the show. Brian Danielson. No,
4: no, no. Is it
2: the... Tribal Chief.
4: Yard... Let's find out. Does Joe know
1: the card? That's right, Joe. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, the World Wrestling Entertainment is holding payback this Saturday on the award-eligible Peacock Network. There are six announced matches. None of them are on the pre-show. Do you know the card?
0: Six matches, right? Yeah. Okay, we talked about it before. We have uh, Seth defending the fake title against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. That's one. Uh, we have Gunther defending the Intercontinental title against Chad Gable. Uh, Is that mm, official? It's not official. Oh, geez. And see, that's the problem. So there was match graphics of this show going around like a week ago. Yeah. And I was looking at them and they're like, that wasn't an official match. They have not mentioned that on TV. Where, where, like, they're like, this off WWE.com. And I'm like, okay. Um, I guess. I don't know. Um, none of this stuff has been mentioned on TV. So I think that's maybe where a lot of this is in my mind because I saw that graphic, you know?
1: Yeah. If it's not on Wikipedia, it's not official. Then yeah, like...
0: yeah. Okay. So um, we have Becky versus Trish in the cage match. That's two. Uh, we got Miz versus LA Knight. Uh, yeah. In a match that'll be good. At <laughs> three. Um. Do they have the? Do they have any other women's matches? I'm trying to think right now. Maybe. Um. Okay. R- I'm trying to think. Ray versus Austin Theory. I just mentioned Austin Theory, so I think Ray versus Austin Theory is on the show. That's four. Um, Rhea, Ripley is, like, because there's another thing It's like, oh, these were matches that they were building up for, um, for SummerSlam, and they never made it on there, because that's the other thing where my, um, Rhea versus Raquel Rodriguez. That's five. Now, I know you'd said that they haven't officially announced Gunther versus, um, Chad Gable. I know there was a Cody match that was announced, and I don't think this is an an official match, because it's not a match, but they did announce that they are going to do a Grayson Waller experience with uh, Cody on the pay-per-view. That's what they're advertising to be on the pay-per-view, a Grayson Waller segment, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that could be very well true, but it's not a match, so keep going.
0: I have no idea what the sixth match could be. Not a single clue.
1: Owens and Sammy versus Finn and Priest. Really? Yep. Street, uh, Steel City Street Fight for the Tag Championships.
0: Uh, oh, they're in Pittsburgh. Oh, those poor people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and just skip this entire pay-per-view.
0: Uh, I'm gonna watch LA Knight vs. The Miz. I've been enjoying the build to that, of course. I'm, uh, I'm drinking the LA Quill, you know? Yeah. Can, oh, can we just talk real quick?
1: I want to throw this in here. Did you watch the... Uh, the celebration, the championship celebration on Dynamite with the acclaimed or the unveiled they're not pink but actually red championship belts. Yes. And at one point, Bowens ended a sentence with, yeah, and the entire crowd went, yeah.
0: I did notice that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the what chant, but only cool. It's invading all of wrestling. That's right. <laughs> But
4: yeah, uh,
1: yeah, nothing on here for me. If somebody tells me that like, if something really cool, like we had both pitched happens with Nakamura Rollins, maybe they'll go back and check it out, but I don't care about any of that other stuff.
0: And I think there was a Jimmy versus J match that was announced, um, like before they even did any build for it on TV.
1: No, I mean, it definitely wasn't announced.
0: Right. I mean, geez, no, but there was like match graphics on WWE.com for it, you know? Well, it's not on Wikipedia. I know it's not on Wikipedia. I'm just telling you, Jimmy Jimmy, or Jay, I forget which one, quit. So I don't know how that match could happen anyway, right?
1: Yeah, it would have to be unsanctioned. Yes. Somebody would have to sign a hold harmless agreement. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, well, enough about that. Joe, did you know that there's a pay-per-view on Sunday as well? There is. Yes.
2: Is Sammy yeah. Zane's oh. taken down to the ring. Is King standing his thing. Soho,
4: the show.
6: Brian Danielson, no, no, no.
2: Is it the Tribal Chief, playing let's play. find out, Joe know the card? Hey
1: Joe, Sunday, <laughs> AEW, according to Wikipedia, AEW is holding a pay-per-view on Sunday entitled All Out. There are nine announced
0: matches, none of which are on the pre-show. Joe, do you know the card? So, being that this card was thrown together on Wednesday, let's hope that I do. Um, and, Adam, I so I was going to tell you before we started recording that I'm like, oh, because there's two pay-per-views, I'm going to play the jingle twice. It's better that you don't. It pops. Me. Right. It's better that I don't because it pops. I, I, I yeah. thought better. Right? Okay. Uh, so, nine matches. Hoof. Let's see if we can remember them all. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Kenny taking on Takeshida. Yep. We got, o- we got OC taking on John Moxley. That's two. We got Wheeler and Claudio taking on Eddie Kingston and Shibata. Uh, that's three, okay. Uh, we have um, Statlander taking on Ruby Riot.
1: Ru- Ruby Soho.
0: Right, Soho. Ruby Soho, sure, sure. Uh, the eight person of Bullet Club Gold taking on buck farter? <laughs> oh, you beat me to it, god damn it. <laughs> Alright, well we have the same writer, what can I tell you? That's five. That's five. Uh, we have Samoan Joe taking on Shane Taylor, whoever that is. Yeah, I, I'm
1: glad you said that, because obviously I, I, I have no idea who that is, but gone.
0: It's, I only mentioned this because my nephew's name is Shane Taylor, and he could not be any more different than the Shane Taylor that is the professional wrestler.
1: Well, I assume your nephew isn't a very large, muscular black man.
0: No, he's a tall, skinny, redheaded kid. Okay. <laughs> uh, so okay. So those I think were the easy ones. Okay. So this is the problem. So because it's so out of mind, it's the uh, collision matches that I've forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's Luchasaurus against um Darby. That's correct. It's Miro versus Hobbs.
1: Powerhouse Hobbs. Yep.
0: And there's one more, right? Uh yes. Okay. So it's Cole and MJF defending the ROH tag team championship. Now, I'm not gonna spoil this. Did Please you don't. see who wins the battle royal? I did not. I'll find okay. out whatever on Rampage. Alright. So I'm not gonna spoil who it is, but it's gonna be an interesting match. Okay. Double J and Satnam singer are going to win the Ring of Honor titles. And, oh, wait. Oh,
1: <laughs> God damn it. Uh, no, well, if, again, it's the same situation where like we as a collective wrestling consciousness can accept Orange Cassidy losing to Moxley. It, it, the only way you can dethrone MJF and Cole is to have an equal powerhouse in Jarrett and Satnam you know? Yes, exactly. But I don't know. I mean, this is... Uh, maybe it wasn't a good idea to run a pay-per-view literally the next weekend after your largest show ever. Correct. And I'm not going to dunk on the pay-per-view at all because we've said many times that, you know, AEW pay-per-views sometimes on paper don't look the best, but you always enjoy it, you know? So I- I'm looking at this in Orange Cassidy versus Moxley. I'm like, win, lose, or draw, that's going to be an amazing match. And, you know, there's other things on here that I'm interested in. But, man, like... The best thing about AEW pay-per-views is that they're, like, every three months. And it's just so shocking and jarring to have one literally a week later.
0: Um, Now, there is... And again, uh, Tony did the conference call today. There is talk of at least, like, one more women's match getting added on uh, to the pre-show. One can only hope that they should put Soraya on the pay-per-view after she just won the belt. But um, who knows? Who knows? Um and I, I I have a feeling there might be other mitigating factors as to why this pay-per-view feels so slapdashed together as it is. Mm-hmm. Um but unrelated to all of that, Adam, it's time for phone calls.
1: Oh, okay. I,
0: I think we all know that Orange Cassidy is winning and that's the main event of the show, right? Uh yeah,
1: I I hope so. Yeah. I, I do. You know, but again, if it doesn't happen, kudos to him on his run. They'll have yep. many more.
0: Yep. Yes. Alright, first call.
2: Hey bum bu- 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 boys. It's Kenny first time, long time. Uh this day in wrestling history was the day that I won a raffle at the original Steel Stacks SmackDown. Huh. Get-, get those tickets now if you haven't already for Steel Stacks SmackDown two. But, uh, today is the day that I won the raffle and, uh, has uh, contained a skateboard deck from Homebase Skate Shop down there in Bethlehem, great folks, and I, uh, bonked Adam in the head as hard as I possibly could (laughs) with my victory bounty on the way past him, uh, gotta make sure that was commemorated, uh... Hopefully there won't be a sequel of that this year. Make sure if you're going to the show, bring all your canned goods. Uh, donate them for a great local cause. And uh, breaking news, I-, I hope Jungle Jack didn't get a piece of it. I hope Jungle Jack got the whole fucking thing. Woo!
1: Yeah, first of all, before we get into the Jungle Jack thing, I just got to say, Kenny is right. He almost busted me hard way. I am very fortunate right now that I do not look like Don Callis.
0: Oh, <laughs> I I think um, Don Callis is putting makeup on that to make it, like, look more pronounced. I'd love
1: to know the shoot on that uh, as far as, like... So I want to pick his brain off record to be like, all right, like, how bad is it? Are you going to get something done about it? Are you cool with it? Does it freak you out every time you see it? Do you think it makes you look more evil and do you like it? Like, I want to know, like, in a non k what's going on with that scar.
0: And I just want to say, um, it was the date of uh, Kenny's call. Thank you for calling, by the way, of the Steel Stack Smackdown anniversary show. I'm like, shit, was that, like, a year ago today? But no, it was a year ago, like, over the weekend.
1: Oh, God damn it, Kenny. You should specify okay. these things. Uh, listen,
0: I, I do my due diligence, right? Yeah. All right, next call.
6: Hey, guys. It's Ben Pasco. Ben Pasco. What am I? Who am I? Uh, with this week's question. So I know I was making fun of Cash Wheeler for you know, his road race incident, but as someone who lives in New England and has driven in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, I understand them. My question for you is, maybe not pull a gun level, but what is the thing that happens on the road that drives you crazy and is most likely to get you to commit a Cash Wheeler me, people getting slow in the passing lane on the highway, uh, or people walking over speed they're like, I'm on the speed limit. Listen, there's 10 of us going over. They can't arrest us all. All right, take one for the team.
0: All right, I'll hang up and listen. Bye. Uh, uh, it, it sounded like t- Ben was in the midst of his own road incident there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like running from the cops. Yeah, I like it. Uh, two trucks
1: driving parallel on a two lane highway uh, and like at the same exact speed. Like two trailers, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So like that, that jumps to mind already. Uh, What about you?
0: So for me, um, you know, when there's like on a major highway, when there's road construction and they close one lane down Mm -hmm. and they give you the heads up that like, hey, in a mile, half mile, whatever, we're down to one lane. I hate the purse, and everyone is getting over into the one lane, but then you have that one person who speeds all the way up to where the line, the lane about to merge, and then puts their turn signal on and waits for somebody to let them in. Yeah, fuck those people. Yeah, fuck those people forever. Um, yeah.
1: Or Try people with motorcycles, like if you're in parking lot traffic where it's just a complete stop because there's like an accident or whatever, or it's just super backed up because of people like you just mentioned, uh, the motorcycles that ride on the shoulder. Like I'm like, hit a rock and bust your skull. <laughs> I'm fucking going down the shoulder <laughs> of the highway, zipping by everybody. God.
4: Yeah.
6: <sighs>
0: yes. Thanks, Ben. Uh, but yes, th- <laughs> thank you for your call, Ben. Next call.
6: Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Um, talking this week about stuff going on during WrestleMania week. Obviously, WrestleMania, SmackDown, Raw, all the indie shows, and and discussion got to the Hall of Fame, which will be taking place in Philadelphia. Now, if we're talking nostalgia and history and Philadelphia and wrestling, there's kind of something that I'd be very curious about for Hall of Fame. Now, I think Paul Heyman goes in eventually at some point. Um, don't know if it'll be next year, but I mean eventually he goes in. Now the ECW ones, you know, I'm kinda of thinking I love ECW and I have fond memories of it, but the WWE feel the same, whoever's in charge. You know, and, and uh well junker dogs in the Hall of Fame. True, but it's kinda of different now. And like X Pac doesn't go in the Hall of Fame as on its own, but absolutely goes in as part of DX, that makes sense. You know, so there's certain things. Um I think that Paul Heyman goes in with, quote, the ECW originals. And you get, like, a bulk of people going in with him as ECW originals. I'd pick uh, Tommy Dreamer, Raven, Sandman, Shane Douglas, and Sabu. That'd be my list. uh, Because some people are already in the Hall of Fame, like the Dudleys. Um, But my question to both of you is, do we see some sort of ECW contingent group nominees, whatever, for a Hall of Fame next year at WrestleMania and Philadelphia. And if we do see any sort of ECW theme, who's going in? Thank you guys. Looking forward to the show. Talk to you later.
4: Um
1: I just have to say that the idea of being of inducting into the Hall of Fame, like, oh, ECW originals and like here's like five people, here's like Raven and Sandman and Sabu or whatever. Uh, I think that sounds horrible. And it's just cringy enough for that to be something that they would potentially do.
0: Yeah. You know? I, 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 like As Kevin was saying it, I'm like, Taz works for another company. Tom Dreamer works for another company, even though he's on Good Graces. They're, they don't speak to Shane Douglas currently. Raven is still in the midst of a concussion lawsuit with the company, right? So... <laughs> Now, like, there's, like, four guys out of the list of people that Kevin said, and even further still, if they do decide to induct Paul um, into the ECW, I think Paul's ego is too big to be in as the group of ECW originals. Either Paul's going in or not.
1: And and I think Paul, whether it be based on his pre-WWE work or his WWE work or certainly the combination he's more than deserving to be in the hall of fame by himself there's a there's 20 people in the hall that have contributed less to wrestling than ball right. Um but I, i'm not a big fan of inducting stables anyways like i hated oh we're this is the four horsemen this is dx this is the nwo i get it when it's a tag team and that's fine because especially if it's like a tag team that they've always been you know like you're synonymous as a tag team whether it be i don't know the steiners or whatever harlem the, Heat.
0: Uh, the, the deadly boys like kevin mentioned
1: yeah like the deadlies if you want to induct them at some point whatever i get it um that's fine but like i don't like the stables because i think of it like yeah this is stupid of me to say this but like i compare it to a like a sports hall of fame and you don't have you know the, the 1927 New York Yankees on a plaque in the 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 Hall of Fame. It's like, no, here's Ruth Gehrig DiMaggio. We're not inducting the stable of baseball players. You know, it's a different thing. So I don't like the idea of being like, oh, here's the ECW originals, because then it's going to be like, oh, we're inducting into the Hall of Fame all the people that invaded WWE. Uh, from WCW during the invasion angle. Here's Buff Backwell and Booker T and DDP. Right. You know, it's just like, here's all these storylines. We're going to start inducting matches and we're going to start inducting promos or angles. And I know, let's just, if you can't come up with enough people to induct on their own, then maybe scale it back and just induct three people a year, four people a year, or whatever.
0: So, they, they have a formula to the Hall of Fame, right? They have someone who's living and not sad to look at.
4: <laughs>
1: I'm sure I'm taking a drink.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. A, a woman. Yeah. Someone who's dead. And again, I hate to say it, a minority. And a wild card. Like, that's their template. Like, that's who we need to fill for the Hall of Fame every year, right? Yeah. Now, Harry Funk is in the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the Funk Brothers Tag Team Funk Wrestling family. I feel as though you can induct Terry this year as your dead person and to check that ECW box. And still have four other people that you could put in. Because, again, you mentioned before, like, okay... You know, you have Scott Hall in as part of the NWO and as Razor Ramon. You've got Nash in as, you know, himself and as part of the groups. And you got Flair in multiple times. This is that I feel as though you do Terry is somebody else who deserves whatever. Um now on that note, I could all well, al- I could also see them, you know, because he was on the roster at the time, but again, he's too young. Like I was think I was kicking the tires on them putting Bray in this year, but I could see it being Terry as a solo.
1: Um, for I I did not know that Terry Funk wasn't in there on his own, and yep. shame on WWE for not thinking that that's that has enough merit on its own. Maybe it's just a way to get his you know brother in there. So I get it.
0: Well, it's like uh, how Rand- Macho Man's in there as the Poffo wrestling family.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. Like, you you got to figure out a way to appease people or whatever. Um, I think, like, a, an ECW thing would be cool, and I would totally watch it for the first time in a while, the Hall of Fame being it. But, like, I don't s- think that WWE cares about ECW as much as you and I do. Right. You know, and they don't see it as this thing that would drive ticket sales. And like, yeah, maybe they would. Yeah, let's throw a bone to a ECW person because we're in Philly, but it'll be somebody that's safe, somebody we've been working with. Or as you said, you know, Terry Funk, something that's expected and justified, you know, but I agree with you with Bray Wyatt maybe getting in potentially right away, but if not soon. But I definitely I don't see there being an ECW class. I've heard that talked about ever since they announced mania being in philly but i I think it would be awesome and if it was me doing it like are you asking me people that are reasonable like can it happen because then you have to rule out people like shane douglas and as you said taz maybe i think AEW would let taz go but um but you're gonna have the people that are on good terms with WWE, you know or you're gonna induct uh cactus one more time you know as ecw cactus jack and it it would just be a bad idea because they wouldn't treat it seriously
0: right um yeah i i still think it's going to be uh cactus or uh terry funk like i said they're not going to do and it's a very famous story that multiple people have stated this um Excuse me. That you know, when you would mention how WWE does not look at ECW as fondly as we do, that is a thousand percent true. Um, Multiple people in the company, when they've left the company, has stated that you know there was a time when somebody would go through a table and the fans would chant ECW. Vince famously has told people that the reason the fans chant that is because WWE trained them to chant that at a table break. Uh,
1: oh, Vince, why won't you yes.
0: <laughs> Now, before we get the pink button, now, I don't yeah. screen these calls, Adam, beforehand. You know that. I, I respect the integrity of the voicemail line if somebody calls in and says, says something scandalous, something scurrilous, something whatever, you know, that's on them. We're just the outlet for them to say these things, you know? Of course. But we got a call from someone... That was, um, you know, I don't know how many levels of lawyers are involved in what happened, but they were uh, on the ground this past Sunday. So, again, this is a call from Other JB.
2: (gasps) Hey there, Adam and Joe. Hopefully I get this in in time. It's The Other JB. Well, if you haven't noticed, I'm taking a little bit of a vacay, a little bit of some time off. Because apparently the punker still wants to see how much of a MMA UFC career he could have later but um, yeah I don't know about that anyways in my time off you know I'm catching back laying back catching up on some stuff watching you know this that and the other and I figured that I should try to go back to where I started watching some wrestling stuff um, one of the first matches I ever watched was a match between the New Day and the bar Um, So I was wondering if y'all, this might be a bit of a black hole for y'all, but uh, what have you got for uh, Shane? All right, let me know.
1: New Day versus The Bar was one of the first matches she ever watched? Yeah. Come on.
0: Wow. God, uh, uh, how old are we? (laughs) Adam, we're very old. old. You know, oh, you know, there was a time maybe about six to seven years ago where I'd be like, oh, these goddamn kids, they grew up with Edge as their world champion, you know? Yeah. And, like, it was true then, but, like, already, like, those kids are already, like, oh, you grew up with, like, the new day is a new thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, this is what happens. The longer you stick around, the more and more people come and cycle in, you know?
1: I got to stop sticking around.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we address the other J
1: B and what they did about CM Punk? Like
0: Well, I, I have a feeling Ed might address that in one of his calls. Gotcha. Look. No, I just wanted it'll be not
1: like to deep dive into it, but I mean <laughs> like the fact that nobody has seen hide or hair of other of of Jungle Boy anywhere right. and to have them call us, that's a big get. Right. You know, after all the scandalous of like what are we calling this thing? It's like brawl out two, brawl in one. You know, Anyways. We're, we're
0: calling it telephone textograph text Sean Rossap.
1: Yeah, okay. Text
0: backup hangman text, text Nick Houseman, You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah,
1: um, but best uh, Seamus recommendations.
0: So I'm listen. Seamus had that potential for a very long time, and obviously uh, JB only having watched you know, that late in the Seamus run where Seamus is already teaming up with Claudio, you know? Yeah. Um, go They've back. never
1: seen, like, ECW Seamus. Okay, so that's what mistake. I'm going to
0: recommend. Yeah. Seamus's feud in WWE, ECW, Gold Goldust. It's really good. And I think that helped prime um, Seamus for, you know, the shove that he ended up getting. You know, there was rumors that he was like, always oh, Triple H's workout buddy. He was this, he was that. But, like, no, man, he was just a guy who busted his ass, and, like, no matter what they gave him, he went out there and did it, and always put on good matches, and he's very physical, Um, you know, but, like, those ECW matches with Goldust from, like, at the very beginning of his run.
1: Yeah. Sheamus is one of those guys that, like, I've never been a Sheamus fan. Like, I've never been like, oh, that was a great Sheamus match, or, like, I can't wait to see this Sheamus promo. But when you look at, as you pointed out, like, the body of work, like, over yeah. all these years and just always being, like, not sometimes a top guy but always a good, solid mid Carter And, like, yeah, he definitely had a Hall of Fame career. You know, non-problematic. I like it.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a big thing. He's definitely non-problematic. But he, he came up in a different time, you know? Mm -hmm. um so like that sort of has been beaten out of people yeah i'm looking to see if the story of mick is on here they didn't pull it out unfortunately i guess i was hoping the clip on his podcast um of mick talking about remember they did the bit at uh wrestlemania one year where like the league of nations came out and did whatever um and then or it was like Foley was in the ring, Shawn Michaels in the ring, and Austin was in the ring, and the League of Nations came out, and then like they beat him up and they fended him off, right? Yeah, they give the the legends their pop. So, yeah. So Mick tells a story, um, about like he's gonna get paired up in this little skirmish with Seamus, and Seamus has a reputation for like hitting really hard, and you know Mick's an older guy, and you know. Uh, he was concerned that Seamus was going to like maybe go easy on him out there, and he's like, well, I don't want Seamus to compromise himself because he's trying to protect me. And again, I'm getting the story completely wrong, but if you could find the episode where Mick talks about it, and I was trying to find if they pulled it out as just a clip and they didn't, but he essentially goes up to Seamus and says, hey, when we're out there, uh, you know, I don't want you to take care of me. I want you to treat me like you would anybody else, right? <laughs> and okay. Seamus is like, don't worry, fella, I got you. <laughs> and so they go out there, and he goes and Mick and Mick says, he goes, out, and he and obviously he says outside of Terry Funk, he goes, I've never been hit harder in my life. <laughs> he goes, and after that, I thought a little bit less about protecting those guys' integrity if I was gonna do any physicality with them, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. All right, it's pink button time. It's time for young Ed.
7: Yeah. Hey Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, I just got back from Taco Bell. I had to, uh, cheer myself up. This sad day, they've, uh, they suspended, uh, CM Punk again for simply defending themselves mm-hmm. against some rich kid asshole, uh, that started shit and still had to finish it. Uh, and they made a lot of tweets about it today, including that, uh, the Young Bucks are balding, uh, stupid Christian fucking losers, I hate their cuts. Um. Alright. But I was like, I'm going to save my, my big thoughts for it, for, uh, add on. Yay. You guys get to hear it. And here's what I think. Um, I think puncture quit and not like in a fuck them kind of way. Well, he'll probably, be, but I mean, not for me. I, it's not bad. Um, I think he was way happier when he wasn't wrestling. <laughs> I think he's fucking miserable again now. And, uh, I think he should just, you should just go home and just hang out with your wife and your dog and write some comics. shit, no. make some more horror movies, I guess. All right, but uh, yeah, he's just a, a much happier person when he's not a full time wrestler. And um, frankly, they don't want him there anymore either. So why would he want to be there? Just go home, right? Because don't be, don't force yourself to be a place. Like, if the entire soon to be named network didn't want. Hiobussy, uh, on I just would not do it anymore. I wouldn't, you know, make you make a separate podcast network for me. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I think I think he's proved enough. He's like two-time world champ. He's 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 had a career, and he's much happier, uh, not having one. Okay, bye.
1: I love the idea of there being a rogue second, soon to be named network, just for Hayabusi. I'd join him. Like yeah. I, I don't know, like. If that would mean Ed Odds would go over there with him, or if it just, I had to shoot, I'd have to party lines would be drawn. I'd just have to go over with Ed. Over what with Ed, I would
0: Spider. do is. <laughs> I would record this old school style where we both record our individual sides in Audacity. Yeah. And it'd be two podcasts that re- get released just your side and just my <laughs> side. Your side would be on the collision version of soon to network with <laughs> I And my side would be on the main show on the main yeah. feed on uh, soon to be named network. And then you have to download both versions and play them together to get the full show.
1: Yeah. And, uh, somehow like w- one of our voices would come from the left ear and the other one would be on the right ear. It's like, you're having a conversation. I get it. Uh, I I don't think you should answer this question because I'm sure your answer is that Phil should just go away. So I I don't even know if you should be allowed. Uh, You're biased. But I'll say before you formulate your political answer here, I don't don't care if Phil is happy. So, like, yes, him going away would probably increase his happiness. You know, going home to AJ, whatever, that's great. But I want Phil on my TV not only – Cutting wrestle, like cutting wrestling, doing a wrestle, uh, cutting promos, telling us when he's telling lies, and starting shit, because I think that's very entertaining. So I'd rather, this is a perfect Ed take, I'd rather me be entertained than Phil be happy.
0: And, and I'll say this, do we know that Phil was happy when he was away from wrestling? I don't think anything makes Phil happy. I think that's, Phil's very happy for short periods of time. Right, I think I, I think Phil convinces himself that he's happy. I think Phil needs that conflict in his life, that agitation, even if he has to stir things up. And a lot of times he convinces himself that he's happy and that he wants to do something again. But everything that he's done since he left WWE the first time, his real home. Um, I don't know if you saw his Cauliflower Alley speech where he really talked about how, how uh, much of a fan he was of what Triple H has done in recent years. Got definitely,
7: not,
0: yeah. <laughs> Definitely not political maneuverings there but phil i think is someone who if he doesn't have that pot to stir he's like he's just gonna make trouble at home you know what i mean i'm sure larry and april conspired of like how can we get him out of the house let's (laughs) sign him up for movies let's get him an agent let's call marvel to have him write comic books let let's have him go to the ufc he likes doing that mixed martial arts stuff right and he fails at all of it and then they're like shit what else is left right yeah, so then they finally, after seven years, get him to go back into wrestling, and he fucked it up twice. <laughs>
1: Do you up. think, like, obviously, wrestling is its own thing, where like it's gossip spreads like wildfire in wrestling. And there's so much social media about it, and it's its own like weird ecosystem. Do you think that at each one of Phil's stops? in between WWE and AEW whether it be Marvel Comics or UFC or acting or whatever do you think there are similar blowups between him and co-stars co-plotters on comics co like trainers in UFC that drove him out of all those places we just haven't heard about them yes i agree I think yes. that's possible. <laughs> like,
0: um, and, and like, I, I, if everybody in the room is an asshole, then maybe you're the asshole. Mm, I mentioned this in the Discord, and I saw somebody else say this on Twitter. Um, this is the company that worked together as a family to keep private what Brody and the Huber family was going through when John was sick. Mm. And that was their... That, togetherness and that secretive and working together is one of the things that helped inspired Phil to maybe give AEW a try and then the minute Phil shows up there all of that familiarity and you know familiness and everything else goes out the window now is it because Cody left and Phil came in Mm. is it the two things happening at the same time or is it just that wherever Phil goes a shitstorm follows a, B, and C
4: possibly. Yeah.
0: yeah. With that being said, I I
1: I like Phil and I want him on my TV and I hope he doesn't go anywhere. Fucking get rid of JB and uh, you know no offense other JB, but if I have to pick sides, I'd much rather Jack Barry not be on my television.
0: Uh, yeah, he he, he he's he's too uh, buck pilled, you know. Yeah. All right, Ed does call one more time.
7: Okay. Hey, and Adam. It's Ed. Um, so. Oh. AIW announced this week that they are bringing in um, a a hero of mine and somebody that I've been begging for them to book since 2015 uh, when I first started going, and they are bringing in uh, the Boogeyman. Uh, I'm very, very excited, but this will be a meet and greet that I have to do. Right. These don't typically go well for me. Uh, I've only done a couple. Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, I met her at WrestleCon, and she uh, made me touch touch her. I tried to hover hand and she uh, gave me shit about it. Uh, then at the same time, like maybe an hour later, I met Mick Foley, and that, he was not pleased uh, when I brought up <laughs> uh, the dude. Um, and I just wonder, especially because uh, you, Adam, you're pretty, you you're skilled at this. What? What? Do, what, what? Got any tips? Because I I'm bad. I'm really bad at this. And I'm going to get off the phone now because I'll be in my car and I got to get out. I'm scared. Okay, bye. Well, th- I, I'd like to uh, thank
1: Ed for understanding and, and recognizing that I am a pro when it comes to these things. And I, mm. Joe, I, I mean, over the last five years, who has gone to more meet and greets, you or I? That's true. You. So uh, if anybody knows the modern meet and greet scene, it's it's me. So uh, I'll, I'll take this one. Cleaner, I got this. Ah. Uh, no. <laughs> i I'm going to ask you this question, Ed, obviously Ed likes to go and uh, like with Mick Foley, like, Hey, the reason why I'm coming to talk to you, Mick Foley, or in this case, boogeyman is because I'm such a fan and here are examples, A and B, why I love you. And that sometimes can be taken in an awkward way by the, the talent And then Ed, in turn, might feel awkward and we would have a whole Mick Foley-Ed situation all over again. As much as it might not feel like your money's worth, do the Adam Van thing. Go up there, say hi, big fan, take your picture, shake a hand, whatever, get an autograph, and then leave. Because if you don't say anything to screw up the interaction, they won't say anything to screw up your, like... Uh, and like your take on them, you know, your, your opinion on them. And then you'll get to say, I met the boogeyman. I got my picture. He didn't say something mean to me. I didn't say something stupid to him, you know, and like, it's a perfect scenario. But if if you go up to him and be like, oh man, I named my, my dog, or I don't know if his dog or his, his cat. cat. I named my cat after you and like, you're my favorite wrestler of all time. And I would eat worms for you if you asked me to. And I've been trying to get you booked in AIW since 2015. Like those are things that could result in an adverse reaction. That's my advice. Just be in and out. It's basically like you won't get this, but you're ordering soup from the soup Nazi. There you You go. Just, just place your order. Take two steps to the right. Take what you get and leave.
0: I I make these two suggestions And actually Ed and I's uh, friendship kind of uh, blossomed from me giving him advice on how to handle the Scarlet Bordeaux situation. Right. Mm. Um, so I say you don't have to worry about any sort of closeness or contact or whatever it is. I'm sure the boogeyman has a thing that he does for all of his meet and greet pictures. You know, um, I'm with Adam in that less is more, but I think if you go up to him and just say big fan, I even named my cat after you. And that's enough. Yeah. Now, granted, you might want to do a little digging and see if he's a cat guy or not, because that might offend nope. him. Nope. I mean, I,
1: I I, think just the whole idea of saying you have a cat is enough. If he asks follow-up questions, then feel free to like to, to elaborate. But if he's just like, uh-huh, don't keep going. Don't take that silence as a reason to just be yep. like, oh, wait, I'm going to throw more stuff at you. Yeah. You know? But
0: or, or failing that, um, that day, that weekend, if you have the time to do so, you are Pat's assistant, and you go into the show early, so you don't have to worry about the line, you don't have to worry about people. Right as they're about to let in, you go over, you get your thing, and I would even say maybe you don't even stay for the show. Why is like, that? Because uh, I think if and again, I can't speak for Ed, but if Ed has that moment, that meet-and-greet moment with Boogeyman, and it goes well, and then Ed lingers in the building longer he might have a second interaction that there might be off. a second interact like whether it be like ads like oh you know you know what i really wanted to tell boogeyman this the first time yeah. went well i'm gonna go and say it i'm gonna go find him out or like boogeyman's gonna be like out of character or out of gear or out of something and they're gonna bump into each other in the bathroom or like in the line for a hot dog or something and then that's <laughs> gonna be a bad interaction like with eyes on the boogeyman get your thing and go home
1: yeah, I can see that. Or somebody needs to like personally chaperone Ed, which is very difficult. I've seen many people attempt. Right. You know, it's it maybe a, a team of people keep Ed away from Boogeyman after a couple, a couple drinks or a couple uh, sips of tea or whatever. You know. Yes. <laughs> ah, but great question, Ed, and uh, Ed's uh, Panel at Colossalcon got delayed until 11 p.m. and he's happy about it. But for Yeah. Reasons, that's that's interesting, but go check out Ed.
0: Yeah, I'll yeah. PayPal you 20 bucks next week. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ed. I'm I'm on the fence still. We'll see. All right. If you if you if you decide that you're for sure going, we'll work something out. All right. Well, we got maybe, time. Maybe I'll come meet you. We'll go up together. I don't know. All was, right. This feels like a very late night for an old man, you know. <laughs>
1: My body's 43 but my mind thinks I'm 23.
0: Mm, okay. Um where am I looking here? Okay. So uh hey um ways you can support us. There's no T public sale this week, but that's okay. When they let me know, I'll let you know. Um new shirt C- designs. Oh, there's some new shirt designs. Uh, there was some discussion this past week inspired by Final Wrestling Plays, of course. Um and DeWicky was able to whip some things up real quick. Uh, whether it be, uh, bad Terry lies or bad Terry still lies or bad Terry sucks eggs or whatever it is, (laughs) go check out the T public store. Um, you know, they were up there as the sale was kind of winding down on Monday and we'll give you a, a, a heads up if they go back, you know, in the next sale. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you have to upload the fourth one that the wiki gave us.
0: Yeah, I've just been, things got busy. Like, I had, like, a bunch of free time when that happened, and just, like, it's been rough the last couple days, but I'll get on it. Yeah. Um, So we have that, of course. Uh, Steel Stack SmackDown 2 is coming up in just two short weeks. A couple matches announced so far. We mentioned Matt Makowski and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams taking on Delirious and Frightmare. Uh, Max the Impaler taking on Delmi Exo. Nice to see some names coming back that we haven't seen at the LVAC in quite some time. Uh, We don't know who's on the teams, but it looks like we're going to get a five-on-five Team Big Dan taking on Team Avery Good, professional wrestler. I can't believe he lied and is coming back to professional wrestling. Um, And we also have officially announced Um, Brandon Kirk and Lucky 13 taking on Puff and Jeff Cannonball. Okay. Must have
1: been late-breaking, because I haven't looked up... No,
0: that was, like, two days ago, maybe. Lucky put up, like, a little video about it, announcing it, you know? Was there an LVAC posting about it? I think so. I know there's a match graphic for it,
1: too. Too much video games for me. Not enough social media.
0: There you go. And there's still one, two, three... Four more matches to be announced, and obviously the five-on-five is still going to get filled out here as well. Um, I don't have the full card if you want to know. Um, <laughs>
1: but um, I want to know, is there going to be a Wheeler U meet-and-greet opportunity?
0: There is. His name is mentioned alongside the meet-and-greet stuff with um, Smoke Train Charles Wright and D'Lo Brown. So,
1: But there's nothing you have to buy in advance like Eddie Kingston last year, right? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I want to get my picture taken with Utes. I'm not going to be like Ed. I'm going to let him know how angry I am about IW, uh, TV 100
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask him. And So this is one of those weird things. Um, he's never been on an LVAC show, and he and I's paths in professional wrestling kind of crossed, you know? Yeah. Um, when he started doing AIW, I had stopped doing AIW. Uh, when he started doing Chikara, I had stopped doing Chikara. Um and he's a guy you know I'm a really big fan of he's I- i've heard nothing but nice things about him as a person um and I'm a really big fan of the stuff that he's done in wrestling you know on the indies and in a e w and uh you know I'm looking forward to going up shaking his hand telling him I'm a fan and I appreciate what he does and you know when I get my mark picture with him, i'm gonna ask him to put his shitty chain on and uh you know. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, cool. Looking forward to
0: it. Yeah. Oh, well, it's coming up soon. Two weeks uh, this Saturday. I'll see you there, right? Yep. Everybody. Um, and also, and lastly, of course, you can help us out by making any and all of your uh, purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. When you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. And is this the longest that we've gone on the show without mentioning the Patreon? Uh, quite possibly. Uh, so I will be recording uh, the latest conversations with Joe um, this Saturday with Hollow Wicked, and I have a feeling it'll probably come out very shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was given one thing specifically to ask Hollow Wicked about um, that has implications coming up in the near future. But other than that, it's going to be the same interviews that I've done with you know other Chikara people. Um you know primarily it's going to be about their involvement with the shutdown angle and ashes and everything else like that but I've known I have I've a funny story or two um that I'm going to call Hollowick out on uh, Hollow Wicked out about on the show I've been practicing saying Hollowick publicly mm-hmm. instead of saying his real name um <laughs> And then I got to figure out who I'm going to do for next month right Yeah
1: and I, I was going to record you audio, but I'm just going to write down a question and email it to you before Saturday.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: But All right, Joe. Yeah, join the Patreon. That's on Patreon. The the draft show. We talked about Patreon at the very beginning. But, oh, uh, it
0: feels like so long ago.
1: Yeah, the draft show is on the Patreon, but it is there for free. And uh, the Discord is the reason why I have no idea what's going on on Twitter, because I just look at Discord now. So uh, join the Discord if you're a patron. But I think that's it for the main show.
0: Uh, you're not going to plug any other people's podcasts that we're friends with or anything, or soon to be uh, a network. Or-
1: yeah, I guess. Long box heroes, long box heroes after dark. We need wrestling porch talk, viewers' choice, indie wrestling guide, wings on wings, hi Abusi, and final wrestling place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> Anabolic steroids is a logical next step (laughs) my apologies almost screwing
0: that up that's alright now it's time for uh, Ed's favorite part of the show
1: yes Ed's favorite some might cost a little some might cost a lot will be bought (laughs) so joe i don't you won't get this reference but uh, i'm sure you've heard of the show because todd brings them up every once in a while are you familiar with the show pardon the interruption on espn yes through todd yes okay I, i know he's a fan so that is a show that's on every day at 5:30, every weekday. and what they do is it's a half hour talking head show. and then they throw it, after the show's over, they go to Sports Center and about 10 minutes into the show, there's another segment with the guys from PTI, but it's on Sports Center. Um, but that segment doesn't air in Canada. Because Canada, for whatever reason, where they air PTI, they don't air SportsCenter, or they don't air the complete version. So at the end of every episode of Pardon the Interruption, when they're throwing over to SportsCenter, uh, Kornheiser, Tony Kornheiser, waves a flag and says, goodbye, Canada, because that's the last part that Canada will see, even though the United States will see them in a little bit. So this is a roundabout way for me to say at the end of the main show, I'm just going to say goodbye, Ed. (laughs) even though we're continuing the podcast. so but He's already gone, so he's not going to hear any of this, but for future efforts.
0: Right. But, uh, Joe, did you buy anything this week? I did, actually. I bought two things this week. Oh, okay. What's one of them? Uh, so one of them is, um, you know, inspired by, listen, I you know, if you listen to Longbox Heroes, um, you know, that we talk about, like, genre stuff and a lot of the, you know, Marvel movies and stuff, and we're, Todd and I are both big Star Wars fans, so we do watch all the Disney plus Star Wars stuff. And uh, the first two episodes of Ahsoka came out this past week. And I'm not a Clone Wars guy. I never watched the cartoons or anything else like that. So all of this is like a new world of Star Wars people to me. And I was, and I was introduced to a new character. Some would say maybe the greatest character in fiction of the last 50 years uh-oh.
1: And so I gotta say before you go any further, and I'm fine if you tiptoe around it, but I haven't seen any of the episodes yet of okay. Ahsoka, so I'm not gonna know who you're referring to. But
7: okay,
0: uh, so uh, so you know, I always watch the shows right before we record, and I do my best to avoid spoilers. But the day that I was getting ready to um watch the show. Uh, uh, Hasbro Pulse or whatever put out like, hey, starting tomorrow here's all the pre-orders for all the characters from the show, right? They're doing all six-inch Black Series figures and they're doing a couple three and three-quarters, right? Yep. And they're doing a six-inch uh, figure Black Series, whatever, for Chopper, a.k.a. Chop. Okay. Um, <laughs> and do you know from Star Wars lore The, uh, R5-D4, like, astromech droids, like, they're orange or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Chopper is a sassy one (laughs) who has little arms that come out of the side of his, like, robot head. Okay. So he can find stuff while he's in the back of the ship. And he's sassy. And (laughs) I was dying. It was the best thing ever. And then when I saw that Chopper was one of the figures... I put it in the Fig Daddy cool thing on the Discord and I'm like, do I need to buy a Chopper action figure? And it was a resounding yes. So I I, I pre-ordered the Chopper action figure.
1: Um, I saw the new Marvel Legends that went up for pre-order are back to windowed boxes. Did it say whether these were windowless or windowed?
0: These are windowed. All the new stuff is windowed. Nice. Nice. Yeah, when I saw those
1: Legends solicited earlier today, I was like, oh, we're finally out of the Dark Ages.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I saw the Marvel ones go up, and like I'm like, oh, I could use that Spider-Man. It's a windowed box, but I didn't love it, you know? Yeah.
1: I'm probably going to get the uh, the Winter Soldier Captain America one, you know? Of course.
0: Um, my first weekly
1: purchase, Joe, uh, I don't play the all-heat-no-heaters, but I am a little bit fired up and not in a good way about this. So a month or two ago, I had seen, I think it was at San Diego, they had like a panel for Funko, And they were showing loose. They were loose boys. They weren't in the boxes, but they showed all of like, here's all the upcoming NFL Funko Pops that are coming out this season. And they were just all on a shelf. And I think the picture I saw was like a cell phone out of focus picture. So it was hard to make out what was there. But I could tell that there was a couple Steelers ones. And you could tell like one of them was TJ Watt, whatever. So yesterday... Again, I didn't know when they were coming out, but I knew. Oh crap! I need more Steelers Funkos because of course. So yesterday, Fanatics, who does occasionally have exclusive Funkos, put up for uh, what I thought was a pre-order, put up a Kenny Pickett Funko. I'm sorry, Kenny by God Pickett Funko Pop, and this is the the rookie figure of Kenny uh, Kenny Pickett. But I need it because I have all the Steelers Funkos, so it's exclusive to Fanatics. It's 15 bucks, which is whatever. That's kind of the going rate for a store exclusive. Right. And, and you have to pay shipping. It was like $5 shipping. So I'm like, well, I'm going to order two. And don't make a Todd joke there. But I'm going to order two because it's my guy. I want to make sure I get a mint one. I, it's been years since I've ordered a pop from Fanatics. So I don't know what their shipping situation is. Let me just get two. If I get a mint one out of the deal... Uh, you know, I'll be happy if I have a second one. I gotta sell or just ho- yeah, hold on to whatever. So I spend forty dollars after tax and shipping for two Kenny Pickett Funkos. I'm very happy. To this morning, I get a shipping notification that they're shipping. So I'm like, Ooh. Yay! This is awesome. Apparently, they're in stock. And then later on in the afternoon, I get an email from Fanatics saying, "You may also be interested in this." They put up a whole second wave of NFL Funkos independent of what they put up yesterday. And today it was TJ Watt from the Steelers. So I had to go and order the TJ Watt in the same exact way, two Funkos plus shipping plus taxes, because they staggered them and I couldn't just order them together because I didn't know if they were going to sell out yesterday. So I had to order the Kenny right away, you know? But I basically paid double for shipping, and oh, by the way, like twenty minutes after I ordered the TJ Watt, that shipped too. But so I got some some cool Funkos, but I'm mad about the process of them staggering the the releases when they knew they were they had them, you know. So so how is the uh, Funko purge going, Adam? I have a big pile, and our local comic shop told me uh, he was buying that Silver Age collection. Do you remember the most I do. recent one? Which one, right? Uh, right? Which which giant collection of Silver Age books did he buy recently? Uh, but basically, he was about to buy those, but those were he just made the deal for those books, so he asked me to kind of hold off for a couple of weeks. So I got okay. a big old tote, tote and a half full of Funkos that are going to the shop soon. All right. I, been, it, I will always buy every single Steelers Funko Pop because I've told this story before. I would not buy Funkos. I thought they were stupid, but Todd bought me for my birthday a Roethlisberger one. This is, this is probably like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Bought me a Roethlisberger one. I was like, oh, this is cool. I was like, this is not bad for a one-off thing. And then I Googled it. I was like, are there any other Steelers ones? And there wasn't. It was just the one Roethlisberger, and I was like, okay, this is a perfect beginning, middle, and end of my Funko collection. I just have the one, and I'm good. And then they came out with the, like, I think it was Antonio Brown from the Steelers. I'm like, all right, well, if that's the only two, I'm fine with that. And then, then they kept, the rules kept getting expanded.
0: I, I think around that same time, probably a little after, I uh, I'd got Todd as a gift one of the Doctor Who Funko Pops
1: from like books a million or borders or whatever was there something like that
0: yeah. it was it was yeah. definitely a dalek one right because the dalek one doesn't look like a funko pop it just looks like a giant dalek in you know in comparison everything else so i'm like okay that kind of looks cool you know and then i think todd like he didn't fall too too far down but i think he does end up having one of every doctor and the stupid robot dog and mm-hmm. yeah well, I was
1: thinking somebody had got him from either Books a Million or 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 whatever the equivalent is, um, Scarfy Doctor, uh, because it was exclusive to that store. Uh, and he ended up opening it and displaying it on the box. And then I pointed out to him like years later, I was like, "You know, that's like if you have the box, that's a very expensive pop, but yeah. uh, don't let him fool you. He has a ton because I've yeah. brokered many deals of like getting into the <laughs> like he has. The White Stripes, Two Johnny Cash ones. Oh, he's a a big
0: music guy one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a ton of
1: ACDC ones. You know, he has a bunch of Doctor Who ones, as you mentioned. So if he ever sticks his nose up at Funko's, uh,
0: I have the receipts. No, he doesn't stick his nose up at them. But, you know, I just say, like, that's kind of like, you know, you you get the one. And a lot of times you make that, you make that decision. Like, am I going to just stick with one or am I going to get dozens? You know? Yeah. Um, Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds. Luckily for me for the longest time many for some reason the Marvel ones were bobbleheads mm-hmm. as opposed they were Funko like looking but they were bobbleheads it was whatever Marvel's deal with them was um and I didn't like that so I didn't get a ton of those like I could have got hosed on like every Spider-Man person you know yeah um but like for WWE ones I I you know people get them for me as gifts and I'm like oh thank you whatever the only ones I ever they haven't done a dusty one yet have they ah
1: uh, I Hmm, look we'll keep talking I'm going to pull up the Funko I pull app. I'm not that up. Sure.
0: Cuz the only ones that I wanted was when they did the Vince. Um I got a Vince and I got a Piper and I got a Macho Man. So I could like set up that angle from November of 1991 where like Macho and Piper or yeah, Macho Piper and I have the Piper. So it's Macho Piper flair and vince so i could set up that angle where like the three of them are doing commentary and flair comes out and he has the chair and he makes like he's gonna go after piper but instead he like lays out vince instead yeah Um, yeah so like i have those and they're opened you know
1: yeah so there is a dusty Rhodes funko okay it's a polka dot dusty
0: yeah of course
1: and uh, like apparently it's like a relatively new release like it started hitting stores probably in the last uh month or so you remember when uh like mr tim was talking about getting uh the cody Rhodes walmart exclusive yeah it was in that same like assortment so to speak right however long ago that was
0: i couldn't remember if i had seen it and it wasn't out yet or was like out just recently i would probably pick up the dusty one just because dusty's awesome you know
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've probably seen it, but because it's not something that I wanted, like, I I didn't give it a second thought. But if I see one, I'll give you the Iggy and you can let me know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I see, like, random WWE commons all the time, you know?
0: Right. What else did you buy, Joe? Well, uh, this past Friday, I'm not really sure what the reasoning for it was, but I start getting notifications of something called the Target Fall Geek Out. Okay. Where there was going to be some sort of new line, new design, new something of McFarlane figures.
1: Yeah, they do this all the time. And then like each week or day or whatever, it will be like, oh, this day is McFarlane. This day is Hasbro. This day is Lego. Whatever. But go ahead.
0: Right. So, um, you know, whatever it was, they did a Sinestro core, like yellow and black Sinestro.
1: Okay, like the the McFarlane multiverse figures, right? Yeah. Is it exclusive? Like, is it gold label? What they call
0: um, it? it says it's Collector's Wave. I'm trying to... Here. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Okay. So there's Oops. the figure. There's okay, the I see yeah. I see
1: those. those are like those are a larger box than the standard multiverse figures uh, i've liked the presentation of those boxes yeah Uh, but there hasn't been a character that i needed yet you know
0: well so again this iteration of sinestro i need any iteration of sinestro sure. they put out i'm gonna get the captain cold that they put out for this was like new 52 captain cold where he has like cold powers yeah As opposed to the cold gun, if they do like the old school cold gun parka, Captain Cold. And that's one of the things that's kind of saved me on these as well, is they haven't done a ton of the Flash villains. And the ones that they've done, they're like, oh, here's Mirror Master, but he's Joker fied. And I'm like, I don't need that. I need the classic 60s designs of all the rogues. I need a captain. They do a Captain Boomerang. They like, F- flash is the best rogue gallery in all of comics. And if they do like these seven inch figures like this, I, I would absolutely have to get all of them.
1: Did you, uh, again, I know the answer to this is no, but they just announced uh, a parka wearing like 3d sunglasses, wearing cold gun, uh captain cold Funko pop.
0: No, he looks really cool. I'm sure he does. I'm okay.
1: All right. But yeah, that's cool. That's a, uh, I mean, Yellow Lantern, Sinestro, can't go wrong with that, you know?
0: Hell yeah. And uh, like I said, I I wish I would have waited because, you know, obviously because of you, again, I give you kudos, that I try to get these things through Entertainment Earth. Mm -hmm. And if I waited like four days, I probably could have gotten the Sinestro and the Chopper together from Entertainment Earth instead of it being two. I could probably cancel the orders and reorder them. You absolutely can yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do that when we're done here.
1: Yeah, I mean, because I assume if you ordered that, that Sinestro figure from Target, you probably paid
0: shipping, right? So I canceled it from Target once I saw that it went up on Entertainment Earth. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. So uh, they did increase the threshold of free shipping on Entertainment Earth recently, like mm-hmm. very recently. Um. So I remember it was sixty not yeah. too long ago. I'm pretty sure it's 75 now. Uh. So that might change your thing because I was going to order that Ruby Roundhouse that I mentioned last week from Entertainment Earth, but because it was like a $30 figure, I was like, well, I don't have enough stuff I'm going to shoehorn onto my order to get up to 75 bucks, you know?
0: Right, right. But All right, uh, anything else for you? no that was it two things for myself i would say that's pretty big you know that doesn't happen very often
1: no and it's also we're even on weekly purchases more or less because i have one other thing
0: okay Uh, i had an
1: ebay save search set up for a while again this is another success story for ebay save searches um if you remember a couple months ago maybe like geez probably closer to a year I bought the WWE basic figure of Miss Renee Young, the rookie figure of Miss Renee Young. And it was mint on card. It was a beautiful figure, uh, respectfully. And I bought that. I was happy about it. But then I realized shortly thereafter that there was a chase available of that figure. And by chase for a basic, it just meant that they threw in a championship belt So, I'm just shooting you a text message of the figure in question. So, I set up a save search for that figure because I needed it, Joe. Like, I can't have, I can't respectfully own a Renee Young uh, figure if it's not the rarer version. And if I'm going to be the Michael Jordan of Renee Young figure collecting, (laughs) I need both versions. So, I had that save search going for a long time, and it finally went off maybe a week ago. And the guy only wanted like, it was like something like $10 shipping with like a dollar starting bid. So I added it to my watch list and it was supposed to end. The auction was going to end when we were about 20 minutes into the draft uh, this past Monday. So I got a notification that like, oh, like your item is ending soon. I think it was like the 15 minute warning. And I said to the guys before we started recording, I was like, uh, we might have to delay this. I need to bid on this. And they're like, oh, you don't need it. You don't need it. So I'm like, all right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put my max bid in, which is very much unlike me. I'm a big sniper when it comes to eBay, you know, because I don't like giving people an option to counterpunch. Uh, And I send it to your phone, by the way. Um, I don't like giving people the opportunity to counterpunch. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send a massive offer of ten dollars and we'll see what happens and then i put my phone down i did the podcast and then when we got off the air i looked at my phone and i am the proud owner of this renee young chase figure uh complete with the championship belt that she probably never came within a 100 feet of looking at but whatever <laughs> actually it looks like the daniel bryan belt
0: No, i was gonna whatever. say i don't like the look of the belt but I yeah get the you. belt
1: is a is definitely a mashup but uh, yeah it was dirt cheap I feel like I ended up getting it like this like i said the shipping was ten bucks oh seven dollars and fifty cents because like somebody tried bidding in at the last minute but I need it Joe I need it like I can't put my finger on why I needed to have a complete renee young collection but I got it now so I'm very happy and don't tell mox
3: oh that's crazy
1: That's that's unwarranted. I don't think that was very greasy. I'm just a I'm a I'm a figure collector. I'm a completist.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pot that down for next time. That was a little louder than I thought. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm telling Mox. You're lucky. You're lucky. He has a flip phone.
1: (laughs) No, please don't tell Mox. All right. But that's all I have.
0: All right. Um. Yeah. Um, so I am, uh, gonna go ahead and I looked because, you know, I had my previous orders out there of the two L.A. Night Basics, yeah. the Chopper and the, it, um, the Sinestro. And you are right, Entertainment Earth, it's $79 or more for free shipping. Mm-hmm. Those four figures together is $80.78. Can I, can I...
1: Just negate what I just said, though. What? My only concern, if it was me, is Entertainment Earth does not buy lots of wrestling figures. Okay. Uh, are they still available to order the yes. LA Knights specifically?
0: To pre-order, yes.
1: To pre-order with the same date as what you were originally promised, yes. Okay, that was my only concern: is that like if they somehow closed the pre-orders or, or have a second date listed. Nope
0: that you would somehow get out yeah by all means
1: cancel and reorder am i doing that
0: that's what i'm going to do when we're done here all right there you go more money saved that's what we got to do baby yeah all right well that's it for me joe all right hey thanks everyone for listening this was episode 257 of at odds with wrestling for joe for adam this is joe how about that (laughs) for adam this is joe saying thanks for listening be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling